welcome once again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. And in the state of New York. This is Mike. Eric, by the way, you do another podcast. Well, you do many podcasts, but what's the one that you do with your buddy Dan in Michigan? Uh, it's a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Stitcher or on the iTunes Store. And Mike, I believe you do a genre blog. Yes, it's Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. Very good. And Eric, you do a third podcast with myself and Mike, I believe. I do. That would be the sister podcast to this one, uh, the one that we actually splintered this off of, uh, the Dark Discussions podcast, your place for horror fiction. Uh, oh, damn it. You got to do it, Phil. I don't have it memorized like you do. Your place for the discussion of horror film fiction and all that's fantastic. Thank you. Yes, and that's a genre podcast where we do um, genre and speculative fiction-related topics, mostly movies. Recently, we've done Jurassic Park and the Michael Crichton books we discussed. We also discussed the Mad Max films as well as the brand-new Mad Max Fury Road. But we've also done other things such as horror films like the Evil Dead 2 remake and thrillers like Gone Girl and even um, genre television shows such as The Walking Dead and Sons of Anarchy. And uh, that can be found at www.darkdiscussions.com. And the Jon Snow podcast, you know nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, has its own feed that can be found on iTunes and Stitcher, but also is under the Dark Discussions podcast feed, also found on iTunes and Stitcher. And the website for You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, is www.darkdiscussions.com, since, as Eric stated, it is the sister podcast to Dark Discussions. And the Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group is where you can find us. So this is the end of the Series 5, or Season 5, depending on what country you're from. And before we do begin that, we do have some uh, interesting uh, things. We got an email for, for the podcast, as well as a large uh, discussion by uh, one of our listeners on the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. And then I also wanted to mention another website, an individual uh, that runs that website, who uh, has been promoting our podcast on Twitter, as well as on their website. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's begin over there. Uh, they've been doing it for the past five or six weeks now since they discovered us. Uh, actually, they may have started right from the beginning, but I just kept on forgetting to mention them. And they are on Twitter and on the web, and it's called Ian Trone, I-O-N-T-R-O-N-E, and that's their name on Twitter. And they're also on the web, the same thing, com, and it is... Uh, basically, their tagline is diving into the world of A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. And it discusses um, the sci-fi and TV shows, Game of Thrones podcasts, lists over 60 of them, including ours. And every week they tweet out uh, that we have a new episode. So Very nice. Yes. Yeah, so we would like to thank you and um, I greatly appreciate it. Also, um, their website is pretty cool, too. So if you are interested in Game of Thrones and you don't know how to find out about other podcasts or websites that discuss the topic, he or she 
lists all those uh, on their website. So that's kind of cool. Um, and let's see. We got um, an email from uh, listener Sean Fox. And this is what he has to say. Um, it, it specifically discusses both uh, our sister podcast as well as John Snow podcast. Uh, and he wanted to say, uh, I just wanted to say thanks to all of you for a great podcast that entertains every week. I have been listening to the Dark Discussions podcast since 2013 and got hooked after listening to the Chernobyl Diary episode with guest host Christy Peterson Schoonover, an author of numerous books who joins us occasionally. Uh, the banter generated about the actual Chernobyl meltdown that I remember hearing about and reading about as a kid, being a history nerd who turned 10 a day after the tragedy took place in 1986. Being surprised by how thoughtful the discussion was and how you expressed that event at similar ages had me realizing I had found a much different show than I had expected. After that, I had to go back to the inception of the podcast and since then have thoroughly enjoyed every review, discussion, and the odd disagreement you guys have with anticipation for the next show to follow. I enjoy the way you guys make the show feel like a discussion at your local pub or chilling with friends that we, the fans, can join in on. The fact that you don't hold back and can discuss all kinds of topics, even when there are disagreements, is all the more reason I love Dark Discussions and your new podcast, You Know Nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I myself am not a fan of gore, per se, which, by the way, Game of Thrones, especially this latest episode, has. Uh, but I love a good scare and good story, and the fact that has opened me up to so many shows and movies I would never or might never have considered is pretty cool. Your countless hours sacrificed for your fans is appreciated. The effort to make every show enjoyable, insightful, and informative is a credit to all of you. I doubt any of you will be making your way up to Edmonton, Alberta anytime soon, where I live, but if you did, I would love to share a pint or two with any of you. And having one of those fun chats with you over the numerous topics you have covered. I just want to thank you for making my commutes to work, traveling, chilling at home, filling up my iPhone, and nights of insomnia so much more fun. Thank you for all your work, and thank you for expanding my horizons. Sincerely, one of your biggest and avid fans in Canada, Sean Fox. Oh, that was very nice. Thank you, Sean. And very appreciated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's just, just nice to hear that that someone out there, again, is actually gives a shit about what we're doing, because, you know, <laughs> yes, nobody around here does. <laughs> And I don't it's, think it's we're mildly surprising. <laughs> and I, you know. I, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna make it to Alberta, but uh, we might be able to send MJ Preston as an emissary. That's right. We may have to send out a hunting party to find out uh, what happened to the horror, et cetera, guys. <laughs> that, you're you're right. <laughs> no, I've seen uh, like I've they, seen uh, Doug, Doug and Anthony hanging around Facebook. They're still around somewhere. I think it's Ted that's my. Yeah, well, Tony got uh, got engaged, and suddenly he doesn't have time for the podcast anymore. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but That's right. for, for what Mike and, and Eric are discussing, uh, MJ Preston is another uh, author that occasionally joins us on the Dark Discussions podcast, and he's written a couple of good books. People can find links to that on www.darkdiscussions.com, and he lives in Canada. 
And also, Eric and Mike are referring to Horror, etc., which is another podcast that is fairly popular that um, has recently been MIA, though they do have a large back catalog. And the joke also is they are from Canada as well. So maybe we'll we'll see if we can get MJ Preston, who I actually think now lives out near Winnipeg or Alberta anyway. So Right, right, right. So... Yeah. For whatever reason. Get in your truck, MJ. Start driving. This guy wants to have a beer. And now we got a interesting uh, thing from Chris Genro, another listener. Uh, he wrote this on the Dark Discussion Podcast Facebook group discussing Game of Thrones. And he goes, all right, here we go. Well, another season of Game of Thrones has ended. It definitely had its ups and downs, but it sure ended with some big moments. Biggest issue for me, though... This season was the pacing. I felt the last three episodes were way too rushed compared to the first seven, where things were moving at such a slow pace. I think if they had spaced out some of these big moments from the finale, they would have had more impact instead of one after another, especially considering that stories such as Arya's are so disconnected from the others. I was hoping for an appearance from Littlefinger in the latest episode, and more screen time for Brienne and Varys, who are some of my favorites. To me, Brienne was so wasted this season. Basically, she just stood around chasing after Sansa and then waiting around for five episodes to then do something she wasn't even there to do in the first place. Also, the fall of Stannis was way too rushed. They spent all this time building him up only to have everything fall apart for him over two episodes. He was one of the biggest characters, and to me, his storyline was really handled poorly. My initial raw feelings are that this is the weakest season in terms of structure and pacing. Obviously, when it comes to Game of Thrones, it's such a good show. Even a weak season is still better than most of what's out there. Anyway, just some random initial thoughts. And, of course, you, Eric, and you, Mike, are going to discuss a lot of this. And some of this we'll actually probably discuss in next week's episode, which will be a recap of the entire season five and what we think is going to happen in season six, among other things. Well, and I, I think there's, he's got it right that there are issues with pacing. Uh, I have, I'll talk about this probably next week. I think there's reasons why there's issues with pacing that are tied up in the, it, with the narrative structure that just really couldn't be avoided. Uh, it doesn't make it any better. It's not an excuse. It's just a, an explanation. Uh, but, you know, we'll get to that again, like you said, probably more next week. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't necessarily disagree with anything that he said there. Um, I understand what he said about the pacing and the last few episodes feeling a bit rushed. Uh, but at the, at the same time, having read the books, they still fit a lot of plot into 10 episodes of series. Um, so... Uh, yeah, he's got some valid points, but at the same time, it goes so much faster than it did in the books. Uh, so it didn't feel that slow to me comparatively. Um, although I do agree that they tried to fit a little bit too much in the last three episodes. Yep, and uh, I, I do have some feelings as well about all this uh, and the pacing and whether where this season st- stands compared to the other four. Um, most of that will... I'll probably uh, mention in next week's episode, as Mike stated, uh, and maybe some of it tonight as we go through uh, the plot of this latest episode. Um, anybody want to bring up anything about Game of Thrones in general before we discuss the specific episode, meaning the season finale? 
Well, I think obviously the massive spoiler warnings because there were major developments in literally every storyline this episode. Yeah. Or every storyline that they've, they've focused on this season. Right, right. Obviously, uh, you know, because Hodor is still off in the north somewhere. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's true. So we will definitely put up that spoiler warning. Uh, in a moment, but uh, Eric, did you have anything that you want to add uh, about Game of Thrones in general? Um, only that uh, at the end of the season, we're now out of book material. So, unless uh, Mr. Barton gets off his ass and releases the next book before uh, season six comes out, uh, we will be in completely uncharted territory at that point. Yep, that's right. Well, can that's I right. give props to HBO for for a massive head fake? Oh, they yeah, they got us. Yeah, because, well, I didn't see it until after, well, until the episode aired, but they, somehow, they somebody leaked the, um, previously on Game of Thrones, that stuff, yes. which often, uh-huh. you know, and usually if it's, like, something you haven't seen in, in in three years, and then it's like, hey, remember when Jon Snow picked up that apple? You know that apple, some, you know, back in season two? You know that <laughs> apple's gonna come into play in that right. episode tonight? Right. And so they have him talking about Benjamin Stark. Oh yeah, and, they totally and got every, me. And everybody's they totally like, got me. Uncle Benjamin's gonna return. Cause Uncle Benjamin's, <laughs> if I'm correct, he's missing in both, the, not only in the series, but in the book too. Yeah, and, uh, there was, there was also all that talk about the, the knights, the, the knights, uh, what's his name? The knight king. The knights king. That's who it is. Uh, about the knights king having, uh, been the so-and-so commander of the watch, uh, so long ago. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically, I, I thought that Benjamin was going to come back as a White Walker. Uh, that's where I thought they were going with it when they were like, because uh, they did the last time on Game of Thrones, and they showed back from freaking episode one of season one, <laughs> Benjamin going, all right, uh, here I go off on my horse, I'll be back a little bit. Oh, and we'll talk about your Bob when I get back. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right, Mike. They did a massive head fake, and they got me good. Yep, it was uh, interesting. We'll discuss that uh, when we come to that as well. Um, uh, that rumor about Benjamin Stark has been talked about now for about three to five weeks, I think, because there was even rumors that his name, the actor that played Benjamin Stark, was in the credits for episode 10 of season five, and they had released uh, the credits uh, weeks earlier. But uh, I don't know. But, but, but this is always the risk of going half spoiler because people start, you know, and, and over speculating because people start rooting for the things they want to happen, you know, and just letting things play out the way they're, they're going to happen. You know, and it's if you if you go full spoiler, then you know what's happening. But if you, you, you just play around a little bit, start building up expectations for things that never actually come true and get pissed because they didn't do what you wanted them to. There's also the thing we have, Mike, too, is that we have the books, and people are still trying to find pieces within the books that are being translated into scenes in the TV show. But I think, Eric, you were wise enough last week, or it was the prior week, to say, compare the books between the TV show anymore, specifically because uh, they're not really following it, right? Right, and especially now. Uh, I mean, we're we're seriously just... Uh, out of book 
at this point. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, I know Lady Stoneheart, I heard people speculating was going to show up at the end of this. And it's like, at some point, people just have to let go right. of their, their pay. And look, if your little pet side character or side plot makes it in, the Griffs. Great. But the Griffs. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what your thing is with the grass, but yeah, it's. But if it doesn't, just just recognize that it's not meant to be. You know, it's um, that they've got it. And a lot of times, I think most of the, the side plots I've seen, because uh, I haven't read through the books, but that I've seen that have been cut, really weren't adding anything. Clearly, not adding anything right now. And if they're going to pay off in the end, I have no idea how they're going to do it. Uh, but I'm not worried about you know how those are going to resolve themselves in a book that will be written in another 13 years. <laughs> that, that's that's probably kind of um, I, I, th- I think you're giving him too much credit, right? Right? Don't you think maybe 18 years? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know when is the when is the second to last book supposed to come out? <laughs> I don't think they have a release date yet because there, there are only two more left, right? Yes. There'll be a book six and a book seven. Neither have been published yet, and I don't think there's any release date out there. Well, because I know he supposedly lit, like released snippets of book six. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's but actually... snippets mean nothing when your book can be up to eighteen hundred pages long. Well, these were seven hundred page snippets, so <laughs> <laughs> that's not a snippet. Actually, Mike, I think that's a lie because I don't think he's even started the book yet. <laughs> No, he, well, he he has. He's re- released little I, I, bits. I, I, I know. Well, there, 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 he has. You're absolutely right. Just... What I what I'm afraid of is because at this point, I think God, he's being such a dick about the whole thing. I wouldn't put it past him to go back and change a plot point just because it's been rumored for the series. I wouldn't put it past him to do that. Well, and to be honest, after some of the things I saw this season, I hope he does do that because. You could argue that some of the things that were done this season were, you know, hold your nose and and turn away in disgrace. Whatever, Phil. Uh, You're just sad because your boyfriend died. You damn right. <laughs> but, but see, but I've heard people say he can't be dead because he was alive in one of those snippets. Oh, okay, whatever. But again, it's TV doing show, its own book, thing. two different things. Yes. Doing its own thing. Yes. So. Yep. Just somewhere out there, there's another alternate universe where we know Stannis might still be alive for until like the page after the snippet when he gets killed. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, shall we? All right, so uh, the Let, name let's of the episode, do. Yes, the name of the episode is Mother's Mercy. Uh, it is the fiftieth episode of the series, tenth and and finale of series or season five, directed by David Nutter, the same guy that directed last week's episode as well as. More famously, the Reigns of Castle episode, uh, written by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. And the numbers aren't in yet how much people watched the finale. But uh, it is uh, uh, June 14th, 2015, for those people who uh, want to know was when it was aired. That is... Pretty much it. All right, so I guess we can discuss the finale. Uh, I do want to state, since I was getting busted by Mike last night on text, that I am now looking at this show as a fictional thing and nothing else. Therefore, I it will... It always I has will, been fictional, Phil. I know, but because of, <laughs> of the disappointments it's cost me, I have decided to 
now not worry about rooting for evil characters or good characters. I just am <laughs> rooting for characters. <laughs> just whoever. That's right. Just for whoever I like at that moment of the time. Because otherwise I'll get pissed and the show won't be fun for me anymore. Status broke your heart. <laughs> and I think Eric is more enjoying your disappointment than he has the entire series. You might have a point. You might have a point, Mike. He, he might. <laughs> I just, I, I've just never had as much fun saying I told you so. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's start. Uh, where, where do we want to begin? How do we want to begin the episode? Let's begin at the beginning. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so, the opening scene uh, is the witch. She's a witch. Uh, and she's telling Stannis that, uh, burning the daughter paid off, uh, because the weather has warmed up and now they can travel freely. Um, and so then they go to round up the troops, uh, only to discover that half the troops kind of left in the middle of the night and took the horses with them. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, they tell him there's something else he's got to see and they take him out and they find uh, his wife uh, dead hanging from a tree. Now, am I meant to, yeah, are, he, we meant to are we meant to the ominous think- comment of, of well, what could be worse than treason? Uh, <laughs> right. Of course, this is Stannis we're talking about. His priorities are a little whacked. Uh, so they find his wife hanging from a tree. My question is, did she do it herself or did the army string her up? Well, it's never implied, or I should say it's never discussed, but I'm, I'm guessing it was a suicide. Okay. I don't know, though. Uh, Mike, what's your opinion? My 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 gut instinct was that it was, uh, was, it was a suicide because you saw the look on her face and you suddenly had this, like, you see her eyes kind of, click and it goes shit i've been a terrible mom <laughs> you know <laughs> for yes. 14 years about, <laughs> uh, yeah, about five minutes late to realize that but thank you for saying it yes um and what's and we we had said and i know i'd said anyway uh that i expected her to be the one not stannis to have thrown her daughter into the fire so mm-hmm. because she's been the little cult member all along that's true um and so, yeah, so she recognizes that she's a bad, bad mommy. And, you know, I can't, you know, I, I can't feel too bad for her because, you know what? You know, let them toss your daughter into a fire. <laughs> right. Oh, and I'm very the- sorry that you, that you were the kind of mom who did that. But yeah. You yeah. Well, and then Stannis is like, okay, gather up the troops and uh, get the witch. And they're like, oh, the witch ran away. <laughs> yes, she convinced you to burn your daughter, uh, which then uh, made your wife feel so bad that she hung herself and caused half your army to desert. And now she's just, oh, doesn't want to deal with the consequences. So she went somewhere else. She's not going to back you up. Uh, good luck with that whole storm in the castle thing. This basically is the f- first death of this episode. There is six deaths of characters that we know, some major, some minor uh, this is one of the minor ones. Now, these are these all confirmed deaths or presumed deaths? Well, let's just say that I don't think there's such a thing as a confirmed death of Game of Thrones. Let's just call them deaths. Yeah. I can think. Of, well, I think. I think. You know, her hanging herself—that's pretty confirmed. 
Yeah, I don't expect out, to start of, the six season season six off with her dropping down and scurrying away. Out of the six deaths, I believe you could argue two are most certainly dead, and the other four were off screen. Okay. See, I'm thinking she hung herself, and Phil's got to be going. Yes, he can marry Sansa. <laughs> There's an opening there. Well, and really, if he was going to be sitting on the Iron Throne, uh, as she had foreseen, and I, I've been buying that all along, that he was going to end up there. Well, we know that his wife is not good at making babies. Right. right. And so I figured he would have to end up remarrying somewhere just so he could have a, an heir for the throne. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, is that the witch has been twisting his arm the whole time, right? Because of her visions and what she's seen. He's a puppet. Uh, he's been a puppet. That's right. Uh, and here's, here's the thing that I noticed in this episode, which is that the whole time she has, whether she's manipulating her or not, she has seemed fairly convinced about her visions, uh, and what they mean. Uh, and so this episode, she rides off and leaves Stannis, uh, and ends up at Castle Black later. Uh, and when she arrives there, she is visibly shaken. She is visibly shaken because her vision did not come to be. Uh, and I don't think she knows what to do at this point. So she is a witch and she did use Stannis as a puppet. And it turns out it was all for naught. Because her vision was just some thing she saw while she was in a drug-induced state or something, some trance, whatever. Uh, clearly, it wasn't a vision of what was to be because it didn't happen. And I think that's rocking our world. WTF. Yep. This is interesting. I personally agree with almost everybody on the blogs, including major ones such as Forbes.com and such. As well as what Chris Jenner, one of our listeners, stated, and we read what he had to say, that here's a character, Stannis, who's been generally in the last four seasons, so 40 out of the 50 episodes, as a major character, as an interesting character, and specifically this season as a likable character, and then literally in one and a half episodes, or in other words, an hour and a half of television his character is, is completely like flushed down the toilet. It's just so ridiculous, and it pisses me off more so than anything else uh, that's happened on the, this uh, this TV show, or in real life for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, every uh, and somebody was going through this, and that's a fair point. Every death in Game of Thrones has, or every major death, you know, forget the peons. Um, every major death in Game of Thrones has served a narrative purpose. It may be that the character's purpose you were, wasn't the one you thought it was. Um, and in this case, it may be that the main character has never been Stannis, that it's been Melisandre and Davos the whole time. Right. And they are going to have an important part to play. So getting them where they are, and let's be honest, he does play, did play an important part in stopping the, uh, the wildlings from taking the wall. Mm-hmm. So he That's does true. play a part. And we don't know, because we haven't actually gotten to that part of the story, we don't know, actually know if he's dead or not, but he's screwed up. And I'm curious where Melisandre thinks things are, because we know she has power. 
We've said that many times. And she has had visions that have come true, but that could have been like a lot of people who claim to foresee the future that they weren't specific enough to really count as good predictions. Right. So is it that she's doubting her own abilities? I think so. I think she is at this point. Is it that she, that, uh, that perhaps she got so obnoxious or arrogant and, uh, and confident in herself that she stepped over the line by executing the girl instead of all the other people that she executed? And well, and maybe it's and, not even her confidence in herself. Maybe it's her faith in the God of light. Right. Maybe she's well, maybe, having a crisis of faith right now. Well, that may be, you know, but or is she afraid that the God of light thinks she went too far and, and therefore is, is taking her vision away from her? Or could this be your classic uh, Greek, you know, uh, prophecy, you know, Greek myth where the prophecy never co- always comes true, but never in the way you expect? Right. And so, as I've said, I fully expect to see Stannis on the throne. I just don't know whether it's going to be... Whether he'll uh, be alive or not. Whether he'll be alive or how much longer he'll be alive or whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing when he actually gets there. Uh, So I'm still not giving up that until I see Stannis' body, which could be about 20 seconds into the next season. (laughs) I'm not not completely giving up on that yet. Well, and here's the other thing is that... uh, and and by the way, we haven't quite gotten there with the plot, so let's finish it up the Stannis plot for this episode, uh, which is that even though half his army rode off with all the horses, uh, he decides to keep marching on Winterfell, uh, which I think is a poor decision and one not made in logic, rather uh, out of stubbornness, because uh, that's how Stannis is. Uh, and like he said last episode, he doesn't be the want to be the guy who ran away twice. Uh, so he keeps on marching even though he is not properly equipped and doesn't have the right number of men. Uh, and the Boltons march their army out from Winterfell and pretty much slaughter his troops. Um, and he manages to make it through the main battle. Uh, and then afterwards even manages to fight off two stragglers. Uh, and then badly wounded, leaning up against a tree, is discovered by Brienne, who has sworn to find him and kill him for the murder of Renly. Uh, and so, presumably, she does that. Uh, she, she sentences him to death and swings her sword. Um, although, what Mike is saying is true, we don't actually see him die. They do cut right before the sword's supposed to hit his head. Um, so, uh, here's my question. Where did my understanding was that Stannis had a much larger army than the Boltons did. Now I know that Stannis's army, he did to begin with, they all left, they they all left, but I wasn't under the impression that the Boltons had a whole lot of army on horseback. Is it possible that they just bought out his army? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. It, you, because, you know, I'll, I'll, I thought they were flying Bolton banners. Well, they might have been, but I mean, it's if they paid him. Hey, you know, we know we know that uh, Ramsey went in under the cover of darkness with twenty men. You know, what message did he leave when he was setting those fires? If or did he? Did he contact the mercenaries, mercenaries when he was there? Hmm. You know, I, I just. I, I don't know. It just seems that because suddenly they seem to have a, a larger army than I expected with a whole lot of horses. 
Right. I, I would agree with that, Mike, because um, in two episodes ago, there was a scene between uh, Ross and Ramsey and a couple of their advisors talking about maybe we should just stay behind the wall and since they're not going to be able to break in. And right. my my what I took out of that was that they really didn't have a huge army. And so I was exactly like you, Mike, surprised that not only did they go against what Ross wanted, instead listening to what Ramsey, I guess, wanted to do, they went out to meet Stannis, never mind the fact that their numbers seemed like humongous. Right. So that surprised me. I, I was completely confused at that based off of what well, I understood the Bolton's army was. Well, and, well, and clearly well, Stannis, Stannis was, was also too. surprised. <laughs> yeah. And, to look at Stannis', Stannis face when it came be. pressing over the rise was just like, oh, God. <laughs> and Stannis is supposed to be a, this tactical genius. He's supposed to be some military genius. And I understand that his wife died. He murdered his daughter. His witch abandoned him. His army abandoned him. And he might not be in the best mental plane. State of mind, right. Right. And therefore could very easily miscalculate. But he seemed to be generally surprised at the size of the army. Now, it could also be just the army said, you know what? This guy just burned his fucking daughter alive. We're going to go sign up with the Boltons. Because yeah, that could be it. he's he's clearly and and how bad do you have to be? How much of a social faux pas do you have to make for people to say we're going to go with the flaying people? <laughs> because they just flay people right. that are strangers. And that's not as bad as burning your daughter alive, right? So, now, do, do, you, do you guys think that his people left specifically because of? His daughter dying because I mean, absolutely. I, I, you really do believe that? Okay, I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking that maybe in this world, this fake world, similar to in some primitive cultures in the real world, where people sacrifice their children or their families to gods that they believed existed, and then they would go to the afterlife and blah blah blah. I wasn't sure if. That you know that was implied. I, I guess maybe you're right, Eric. Maybe maybe this is more "quote unquote" Western European. And well, and here's the thing: I am sure that part of Stannis's following was following him uh, because they're true believers in the Lord of Light and buy into everything that the witch is preaching. However, I'm sure that also part of his following was just following him because they know he had the blood claim to the throne. He he was the actual rightful heir to Robert Baratheon, and uh, did not buy into what the witch was serving. Uh, so I think that when the witch burned the daughter alive, all those people were like, "You know what? I don't even care that he's the king. I ain't following this asshole. He just burned his daughter and took off." Yeah, all right, that's fair. And and then of course there's the third group, which are just the hired. Hired swordsmen. I yes, think they, and yes. they left, and most of them left the the week before. I think. Right, the episode before right. they gave out and, first. Right, because they should be going. Oh, look, the melting is coming, and therefore we will have food and water and and, and such and such and such. All these things they were concerned about that 
so that's not it. You know, they weren't freezing to death anymore. And this kind of goes back to what Tyrion was telling Danny two episodes ago, which is, uh, if you execute people who are devoted to you, you won't have anybody who is devoted to you. And this is going about 15 steps farther than that, which is, <laughs> which is murdering your adolescent, your, actually your prepubescent disfigured daughter who worships and adores you. And didn't even do anything wrong. And, and is, and is sweet and adorable and. Yes. Cute as a person with their, with a grayscale face could be. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and Actually, I, that's a true statement. No, no, no offense to the, the grayscaled Americans who may be listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> you beat me there, Mike. I was about to go there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I will have to say that this character of Shireen, who has probably had less than 30 minutes maybe in the entire 50 episodes of the television series mm-hmm. and has was built up enough that it literally changed everybody's opinion who's seen this show of Stannis. In other words, they, that character became beloved, especially specifically at the moment she got burned. Mm-hmm. And yet the whole time she was so insignificant as a character with barely any screen time. And yet uh, I will give up uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, credit and how they were able to make folks, uh, basically what you say, Mike, every time we talk about her, how, you know, lovable and kind and well, sweet child and all that. And it was brilliant how they were able to do it. However, I think the way they did it and how the character of Stannis in a w- literally less than 30 minutes of screen time has, was completely destroyed after five seasons of there's a TV show. And you well, got to give credit to the actress because, I mean, like I so said, we just did last uh, episode of Dark Discussions, we did a long, long, lengthy episode on uh, the Jurassic Park trilogy. And no matter which of the movies you're talking about, no matter what review you're talking about, somewhere in there you'll see a quote about those damn freaking kids that they have to have in those movies. Right. The kids ruin the freaking movie <laughs> they're the worst part of the movie and you know well if they'd gotten a not too good actress for this or director who didn't know how to work with the actress or whatever it is whoever's responsible for crafting her performance because like a lot of things you know as we always say it's it's a team effort when you're dealing with a project like this um so it's the writing it's the acting it's the directing and they just and it, it worked and yeah it sells it yep and turns the story around oh literally 180 turned the story around to the point where one of the most interesting characters, specifically this season, anyway, um, was became literally a, a joke in a sense, and arguably as much uproar about what happened to that character, Stannis, and not necessarily what his fate was, but how in literally a half an hour he turned into a character that people were rooting for to a complete disgrace. And I think that may be more remembered this season than anything else. Um, well, and here's we the thing, back. Phil. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with anybody about the, the unwarranted speed of his disgrace, cause I agree. Uh, it was, they did it really fast. Um, and probably he was a significant enough character that he deserved a little grace in his downfall. I'll give you that. However, I think what the showrunners were trying to accomplish here, um, is, cause I've been told, that the burning of Shireen is something that happens in one of the books that's unpublished. Because uh, I can tell you it's not in one of the books I've read. Yeah, uh, um, I could interject for just a second. Um, yeah, after the episode, uh, 
the episode nine when she is burnt, um, they have that little things where the, the directors and the screenwriters and the producers talk. And mm-hmm. Benioff and Weiss specifically say that. They say George R. R. Martin. Um, in other words, they're throwing, they're pointing the finger at him before, because it's not in the books yet, but they're already saying, oh, no, this is George. He wanted, he, yeah, this is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So I think what they were actually trying to accomplish, uh, this is they were trying to fast forward a little bit, uh, in order to tie up the Stannis storyline so that they won't have to contend with it next season with everything else. Cause God knows with the number of characters in this story is already complex enough. They already cut Bran out this year entirely just because it was too much to deal with, uh, while trying to cram everything else into this season. Uh, and they're already combining characters and everything in the, in the name of simplifying everything into a, story that's more interesting for television viewers. Uh, so I think that's part of what happened here. Uh, and Stannis' character suffered for it because they were just trying to fast forward a little bit to get it done before the end of the season uh, so they don't have to deal with it in season six uh, and can use that screen time for another plot line. There's also, I remember uh, some guy who lost his fortune and when he was interviewed, he said, uh, said, how did you end up losing losing your money? He said, well, slowly at first and then all at once. <laughs> and... Right. If you look, how did Stannis get to this point? Slowly at first, and then all at once. Because really, how much time do you need to burn your daughter alive and lose all respect and credibility? Um, you know, it's if you're, you you know, if you take the most exalted figure in public life right now, whomever that might be, and then tomorrow they burn their daughter alive. (laughs) Right. You're going to say, well, they wrapped that story up pretty fast. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So so yeah, it is there. Yeah. So that is a part of it. And, but the seeds for this, it, you know, the, the, the climax came real quick, but everything building to it, you can, you can go back and see how they were sort of laying the groundwork from the very first episode of season two when he's burning people alive. Right. right. But I guess I, I, I wasn't clear in the point I was trying to make, which is that in the books that I have read, Stannis gets to Winterfell and is there and is doing the army thing. Uh, and although it's, it's, you, you don't think things are going well for him. Uh, it's not clear whether or not he's been defeated. Uh, he's definitely still alive. He has not burned his daughter. And I think they just reeled all that plot line into the season so they could wrap it up. That's, that's the point I was trying to make. Right. Right. You know, Mike, you had a good point, which is being a leader, whether a general or a president or whatnot. You sending boys and and women to to death many times. Never mind deciding who is going to die, meaning the person you're going to attack. And so, why isn't their son or their daughter also there? And you know, you know, a lot of time it's privilege. And so, obviously, you could say, well, the important people aren't going to have their child there, and yet he does it. Obviously. In murder, rather than in the, the act of battle where she dies just because, you know, she's in battle. Um, and, and yet his hubris and Missandra's hubris, so huge, they couldn't see that there's a difference between sacrificing your daughter or son in a cause 
like a battle versus murdering them in the cause of of the battle. And oh, I think- absolutely. And I, and I was making a devil's advocate argument, you know, last yeah. week. Um, but like you could take the, the most respected or revered general in history. I don't care who it is. You know, we could we can move the current military leaders and po- political leaders out of this if we want to take you know make it a Call little it bit Patton. more remote. Yeah, to, well, yeah, you talk about a well, highly admired figure. But yeah, if Patton started like burning up effigies of uh, of of little girls to win the war against the Nazis, I think people would be going. Uh, I might start rooting for the Nazis now. You know, it's um, pe- people would have had issues with that, right? It's um, it, it's just a line that you don't cross because it's one thing to burn up little girls, and another thing to send arguably adult men who have volunteered to go and fight your battles for you. Cause that's, you know, or, that, or that's, in some cases, that, cases drafted, right? Or drafted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that also kind of goes, uh, boy, let's, let's draft drift far afield here. That goes to, uh, you know, what the Joker was saying in the dark Knight, right? Which is that oh, when, wow. a, when, when a soldier we dies, Batman, how the fuck did this happen? Right. Remember in the dark, he says when a soldier dies, nobody was concerned. But, you know, you, you, you blow up a few innocent people and suddenly everyone's, you know, terrified. Loses their mind. Yes. Everybody <laughs> loses their mind. Yes. And that's it. Sure. We have thousands of people killed by whites and by dragons and by, you know, soldiers. And uh, we're all good with that. But one little girl gets sucked in flames <laughs> and the Internet loses its mind. <laughs> Yeah, and and to put it in a more real world perspective, um, for example, uh, during the Iraq Iran War, oh, Iran used go. to round up children, Iranian children, they're they're you know the sons and daughters of the soldiers and so forth, and send them out to walk along uh, the front lines to, to basically blow up themselves on landmines. And then the troops could go through and attack, you know, Saddam Hussein's army and what, what not. And in their eyes, they were doing something good while everybody else in the entire world is saying, are the Iranian Ayatollah insane sending children to die so they can find landmines? Well, I think, and, Phil, you agree with me that the important thing is they didn't send dogs out to do that. <laughs> that's true. And, and, and to be honest, it makes you wonder what was going on in, in their heads when you're right. They could have probably sent farm animals out instead of all right let's move on but anyway so speaking of hidebound and oath and oath bound how about brienne okay uh brienne what a wasted season for her um (laughs) she basically sat in the cold looking for a candle for oh seven episodes uh and then missed it when it was lit uh but it was okay she because she was chopping stances head off maybe we presume. <laughs> and how bad would it be? It's how bad. I mean, but this is like this. Jamie Lannister saves a half a million people, but he has to break his oath to do it. And Brienne is sitting there, tied bound by her oath, insists on clinging to her oath, and just fucks everything up. <laughs> right. But she'll well, be more respected because she's she, stuck she, to her oath. She just has too many oaths. Uh, because she was sticking to the one oath that she made to Renly and dropped the ball on the other oath that she swore to Catelyn. Is she that stupid? Why doesn't she do what the hound did and say, fuck these oaths, I'm out of here, and I'm just doing what I want to do? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the hound was the smartest character in the entire damn show. Because, because he did there are things, some, and he just, some people... It, I'm done he, with it. 
there's some people like when I went shopping, which I don't often do with my wife and I walked out the entrance and her hands got clammy, you know, just there are certain people that don't break rules. Right. <laughs> and you did, Mike. You broke the rule. I broke the rules. The Naughty. Yeah, I, I see it. your point. There's some people. Yeah. And, and Brianne is most certainly one of those type of people that what makes her feel important or or complete as a person is to ha- follow these oaths while someone like the count looked at him as you know the anti-hero in 1920 literature saying this is stupid We're- well and here's the thing here's the thing they could have made this more interesting which is that i mean they kind of let her off the hook by having her turn her back before the candle lit what does she do if she's sitting there she sees the candle light while Podrick is running up to her going, Stannis is over here! Stannis is over here! What does she do? <laughs> My personal opinion is I think she would, she'd have to choose one of the two oaths. I would say she would choose Sansa because the other oath was one that she just made up in principle that I want to get vengeance for Remley. So I think. Well, she, no, she kind of took an oath to protect him. Yeah, but he's dead. Well, yeah, but, yeah. but part of her deal is to get vengeance. But I would also say that if he, if he dies, he dies. And if he doesn't die that day, there will probably be other opportunities for him to die. Or if you don't save Sansa right now. Right now. Yeah, true, <laughs> yeah. true. You, yeah. you may not get a second chance to save Sansa. And let's be honest, there's a good chance Stannis was going to die anyway because yeah. he was already wounded. Right. He's in the middle of a battlefield. They're probably running around picking up stragglers here and there or picking off stragglers, I should say. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, so good I mean, job, Rian. To be honest, it was it was very convenient. The whole thing was very convenient for the plot. Well, she, she happens to to turn <laughs> away the moment the candle goes up, and she happens to find Stannis on a battlefield where five thousand people are dead or taken prisoner, and Ramsay's troops are walking around where with she prisoners. used the force, Phil. All right, yes. so it, it was one of the weaker moments of. Uh, this entire series because it was a little oh, contrived. whatever, dude. Well, I would say it's a weak moment. It, it, it was absolutely contrived and coincidental. And, and then that brings us, of course, Therefore, to Sansa. In my opinion, it was weaker because it's contrived and coincidental. Yeah. But that brings us to Sansa. There's a whole bunch of contrived and coincidental shit in this series. <laughs> and Sansa, well, rather than... In, at least in season five. Put it that that, the whole series. Uh, Anyway, yes, let's go to Sansa. My let's point. go to Sansa. Sansa uses that corkscrew. The, uh, Not the way we wanted her to. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> che- che- Chekhov's corkscrew makes an appearance. Um, but she and- uses it to pick a lock. That's boring, man. It belonged in one of Ramsey's orifices. Actually, I think yeah, it deserved to make a new person. one. Very, very violent person. <laughs> so? And she it, but gets... But again, it is just... A bunch of lousy characters on the TV show, as I've been <laughs> yes. I said last time. And she, and she gets confronted by right. the bitch Miranda. Girl, right? Miranda. Psycho girlfriend. Miranda. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the very attractive. Psycho. Psycho. Who started talking about plans for her various body parts that I'm not entirely sure I wanted to follow the train of thought she was making. <laughs> right. I'll tell you um, she was a hell of an actress. You gotta give her that. Because she was yeah, very convincing she was, of evilness. Yes, and she was good, and she and she goes to shoot Sansa because I guess arrow. yeah, the whole idea being as long as we got your womb, <laughs> we don't need the rest Ramsey of you. won't give a shit what I do to you as long as your female as as, parts are yes. intact. 
and, and he gets a chance to produce as many errors as, you know, get a couple of male errors out of you. So basically, if we could get rid of your arms and legs, uh, maybe pluck out your eyes and your ears and your tongue and just keep you sitting in a box somewhere, uh, and oh, keep you God, pumping up babies for a while. Well, that was basically what happened was the, the X-Files episode, right? Home? Uh, where the, yeah. the, there was the uh-huh. mom under the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was creepy. Anyway, yeah, so, and finally, Theon's balls grew back. <laughs> and he smacks into her, makes her Chucks miss. Her. Chucks her. And, yeah, and, then and then throws and her then, over the wall. Yeah, throws her over the wall, and I think we can count her as a confirmed dead because we follow, we see her. <laughs> oh, you're right. So this, splat. This, this I gotta three, say, right, I gotta I say, this is, this is the favorite falling death I've ever seen because of the noise she made when she hit the ground. Because not only was there a thud, but there was a, you heard her make a, make a, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. But you, and, yeah, so there is, so there's three, I forgot that this was, you could say is a confirmed death too. So there's three confirmed deaths. So far we have two confirmed and one possible in Stannis. Yes. And then Sansa and Theon, Decide they, you know, they, they have fly. a uh, they, they 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 have a but a uh, a butch and Sundance moment. They hold hands and then jump off the wall and leap onto the nice soft permafrost. No, well, that's the thing. <laughs> we can actually say there's possibly eight deaths in this this episode because yeah. Sansa and Theon jump and we don't see what happens. And well, we're talking and, like and, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify a little bit here. Uh, if you've read the book, you're pretty sure they're still alive because in the book, uh, there's the big storm, right? That happens at Winterfell. Uh, the thaw hasn't happened at this point in the book. Uh, and there's a massive snow drift by the side of the castle that they jump into. Uh, so I'm, and I'm pretty sure they tried to show you the snow drift there. The angle is just such that it didn't look as deep as they're trying to make but, it look. But, but the, the thaw happened. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, you're the one that says, stop comparing the book to the show. It's completely yes. different now. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think, but I don't think they're going to have them both die off screen. I don't think they're going to cut to, you know, the beginning of episode one in season six. <laughs> that and, would be hilarious. And, and, and both of them dead with their necks broken. That would be kind of hilarious. Actually, I, actually <laughs> this is what I was thinking this afternoon, Mike. I was thinking that Ramsey will find them in episode one. Of <laughs> the first scene yeah. of season six right. is Ramsey standing on the wall, looking over, sees his dead girlfriend, sees <laughs> Theon and Sansa dead on the ground, just like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but, no, no, but, but the best part is this is how they're going to get the North to rally is because now that Sansa's dead, they're, they're going to blame him for the death of the star yeah. and they're all going to rebel and then he's going to get flayed himself. Oh, okay. That could work. It's possible. But, 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 but I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of them died, but right. I don't think they both died. I personally think that Andre to the Giant is down there with a bale full of hay and a cart. <laughs> Take them away to safety. Personally, um, I, I believe that you're probably – what Eric said was, is going to happen is that they're going to land in the snowdrift. But it would not surprise me because, again, this is Game of Thrones. And, and in an hour and a half, they made one character that was important become nothing. They, yeah. they could have that happen and then have the Boltons be in trouble because now the stock is dead. <laughs> that would be really funny to me. 
It would be awesome, actually. I mean, I would miss Sansa, but that would be an awesome way when the, having Ramsay be inflated by his own people there. Yes. So. All right, and so that kind of wrapped up that segment of the storyline until yep. next season mm-hmm. when we get to tune in next year to find out did Brienne cut off Stannis's head? Did Theon and Sansa I, leap to I their deaths? I don't think that was supposed to be as ambiguous as you're making it out to be, Mike. No, I don't think it's supposed to be, but what happens to them next? <laughs> Did Podrick ever figure out how to skin those bunnies? <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, where do we go from here? We covered Senza, we covered Stannis. I guess it's uh, next. Did they switch to Dorn next? I don't know. Well, yeah, no, they, they did a little bit of Jon Snow in here, but uh, we can cover his storyline all at once, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, do you, do you want to disperse it? Or well, just that's not so much Jon's story, that's Sam's, yeah. so they tie together. Okay, let's do Sam's story then. And it has one of my favorite things. It's like, well, at least something somebody's getting something out of the end of the world. You know, it's so- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, so so they they show John and Sam sitting at Castle Black, and basically John's telling them the story of what happened at Hardhome. Um, <laughs> what? I'm just Why is that about, funny? I'm just thinking about Ramsey coming back, like you said, and going, "What the fuck happened?" Here? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Sam and John are talking and basically uh they're like, Yeah, everybody hates us. Um and Sam makes a pitch to John, he's like, Look, I am not a fighter, you know this. I would be much more useful to Castle Black as a maester. You should send me to where they make maesters so I can do that. Uh and let me take Gilly with me because if we both stay here, we're good. We're both going to die. <laughs> um, and he's got a point. So John uh, gives him his blessing uh, and basically sends him on his way to become a maester. Uh, but in the conversation that they're having, um, he tells them that when they, they make him a maester, they're going to make him swear off women as well. And Sam goes, they can try. John's like, but you got the shit kicked out of you. How did you do that? And he's like, very carefully. <laughs> I thought that was a funny answer. Uh, so basically, uh, Sam gets to chill John that he got laid. Um, and John gives him a high five, uh, before he rides off to become a maester. Indeed. And we'll leave there for now. Now is it Dawn? Oh, oh, hang no, on, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're in trance. Oh, wait, Dorn. Wait, what the fuck did Dorn happen? Yeah, um, actually, this, the, the, Sansa was in between there, or was right about there. Not Sansa. No, we're in trance happens before Dorn. Yeah, so yeah. let's, let's just choose one of them because it doesn't really matter. Let's do Arya. Yeah. All right, let's do Arya. Yeah, well, Mirren Trant wants to do Arya, uh, but not because it's Arya, because she looks like somebody else. Basically, we, uh, we find Mirren Trant. Um, in his room at the brothel, whipping underage prostitutes because we didn't hate him enough already. Uh, <laughs> it's not bad enough that he that he murdered Cyril Pharrell. It's not enough that he beat Sansa under the orders of King Joffrey. It's not enough that he's into pedophilia. He has to beat the children before he has sex with them too. Right. Well, you, well, Just you, in you, case you, there was a sliver of sympathy still left inside of your heart. <laughs> Well, you know what it is. It's, it's because I hear in the books that about the guy, he's just like the hound. That's true. You know, you know, just some guy that follows orders and sometimes is a 
dink about it. And yeah. now they want to make him like this evil. <laughs> I mean, right. Like you said, Mike, not only does he do, <laughs> well, but, and, and, and he also kicks puppies. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't show that. I know. <laughs> He sacrifices puppies to the Lord of Light. Uh, so, he's about to trip landmines. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marin Trant is whipping his underage prostitutes, uh, and they are not enjoying it. Uh, except for one who doesn't seem to mind that much. And did you notice suspiciously that that one had her face covered? Yeah, yes, wasn't it interesting? <laughs> uh, so, the one underage prostitute when she's getting whipped isn't making the whimpering sounds that the other two are. Uh, and so he's like, ooh, I want to break this one. You two be gone. Um, and so the other two leave and then he punches the girl in the stomach. Uh, and at that point, uh, she peels her face off to reveal that it's actually Arya who has a sharp stabby thing with her uh, and proceeds to stab out Marin Trant's eyes uh, and then stab him a few times in the chest. Uh, and then uh, she tells him who she is. Well, I think she stabs him in the balls and then shoves the knife up his ass, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then once she declares what her name is, says she's Arya Stark, she goes ahead and slits his throat. Uh, and I gotta I, I, say, I gotta give credit to Macy Williams because in this scene, she was a pretty damn convincing psycho slaughter murder serial killer bitch. I gotta say, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not. And I think I have a pretty twisted imagination. But I honestly just thought she stabbed him in the belly in the back. I wasn't going balls and ass. Uh, um, okay. Eric does have a good point, though. Yeah, It's, it's possible. <laughs> Maybe I just have a I, sick I, imagination. It, it, it's it could, I'm gonna, I am well, going to have to watch yeah, and see. But, but, no, no, no. But, but, I have to watch it just to see if he's being stabbed in the balls and ass because I want to I know. To be, to be honest, after you know, re- seeing this scene and the, the graphic violence that it was, it would not surprise me that Eric is correct because yeah. you, because you know she was that like serial killer going there nuts like yeah. yeah 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 so eventually after she's done stabbing him in places that hurt uh, she slits his throat and lets him die yes all right so what do we think of this this is probably the most uh, violent scene of the the whole series and this is this I mean this show and the show is pretty violent right. Uh, it's at least one of the top five. It's really brutal. It is. In terms um, of its viciousness, because to, first of all, it's a little, it is, and I know Maisie Williams is like 92 now or something, but, um. <laughs> yeah, she aged from 16 to 92. Well, I don't, well, I don't know how old she actually is, but she's, she's not a little girl age wise. She's not 11. She's 17 as an, in real life. Yeah. But she is physically still a small girl to leap oh, up on a guy. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, 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 and just gouge his eyes out. And, and just so, and do it so quickly and ruthlessly and efficiently and then stuff the rag in his mouth and jab him a few more times in the belly. It, it was, it was pretty vicious. It, it was, was vicious, way yes. more vicious than it needed to be. If this was just, I want to kill him. Yeah. You know, it would have been like, we assume with Brienne, just one swipe of the sword hey. and, well, and here's the thing, though. This wasn't just, I want to kill him. This is, I want revenge. 
Oh, and, and right. well, she wanted she wanted torture too. I mean, I mean, yep. what I was expecting when the scene was going to go down was a simple mob hit. In other words, stabbed, you're dead. Fuck you, and and walk on. You know, hit the home run and just jog around the bases and you know, mm-hmm. go. You know, whatever. And but no, it was. A ser- as you said, Eric, you summed it up perfectly. It was, it was a serial killer. It was from a horror film. I mean, a French mm-hmm. horror film. <laughs> I mean, a graphic Japanese horror film, not just a slasher film. Well, right. And then what was striking to me was the non-expression on her face as she slit his throat and let him drop to the floor. She's just, there's just, she's just dead. Uh, it was pretty chilling. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't like that character of Trent or whatever his name is. And he's a bad guy, especially since they had him do everything except kick puppies. But, <laughs> right. But I would, I was very surprised that they went there. I wasn't, but, uh, Hey, guess what? There's a consequence, uh, which is that Arya goes back to the house of black and white, uh, and tries to lie to Jock and Hagar about it. And he knows what happened. And well, or does the- he, well, here's the thing, though. This scene is really fucked up. Because, <laughs> alright, it looks like she's talking to Jacques and Hagar, and he's like, a life must be paid for with a life. And he takes out this little vial, which we're assuming is poison, and Arya starts to panic because she thinks he's going to poison her. But then he drinks it himself, and drops to the ground dead, and she gets all upset, and the waif is like, why are you upset? And she goes, because he was my friend. And she goes, he wasn't your friend. He was no one. And then he walks up behind them, and he's standing there. So somebody's dead in front of her. Who Who is it? Well, this is the problem with this little cult, I think is what Phil would call them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah is that these so. are all people who have sacrificed their identity. Uh-huh. And so therefore... They are no one. Right. And so what she thought of as Jaka and Hagar, because that was who she met at the the keep, whatever it was called. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, Heron it could have just, yeah, Heron yeah, Heron Hall. Hall. Yeah. it could just be a different person wearing that same face. Right. You know, it's, um, and. Well, and then she does start peeling face after face after face off the dead body, uh, until she gets to one that looks like her. Uh, and then at that point, she goes blind. Well, he says that the faces are not meant to be worn. The new Jock and Hagar that had been a girl a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Right? That went from Caitlyn Jenner back to Bruce. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, oh, Mike, you set that one up. Jeez. <laughs> I was wondering why you were explaining I, that, and then suddenly, boom, there's the joke. No, no, no. It's because, well, because I want to make clear that wasn't the dead one. Uh, said something like, like to the fact that... Uh, someone can't wear the face and that's the reason why it wasn't just the long hair hiding Arya's face why she had to be wearing the mask because it's i think the wearing of the mask when she wasn't supposed to has a side effect that made her go blind a girl a girl who (laughs) who who is not someone can't be no one right or something i cannot imagine an entire podcast talking like that that would drive me insane (laughs) i'm telling you we have to have no no, i kind of now I kind of want to try it. Jacques <laughs> and Hagar with Yoda and do the podcast that way. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be the best. Wouldn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, my God. So, so 
So yeah, she goes blind, and so we're basically assuming no one a girl is. <laughs> we're assuming that she has become cursed, whether it was intentionally done by one of the men with no names, or if it was the god that does it. I guess it doesn't really matter. All we know is that she's in a little trouble. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, this is where her storyline ends at in the book. So no one knows what's going to happen. Right. Okay. Hopefully uh, we'll never see her again and, <laughs> and move on. No, yeah. come on. I want to see a grown up Arya get revenge. I, I actually saw on one website that uh, they were, when they were talking about each uh, scene and explaining what happened and their opinions and whatever. One person wrote feminist glory or something like that for this, this scene. And I'm like, my God, if this is feminism, I don't want to meet a feminist. Well, no. And here's the thing. If, if, if we're going to talk about that, uh, is that one of the reasons this show c- keeps on getting kicked by feminists, uh, is because it seems that a lot of the time when they're putting stuff in that's not in the books, it's violence against women. Well, there's two types of violence against women, and uh, and it sounds ridiculous saying that, but there's sexual violence against women, mm-hmm. and, there, and then there's violence against women. And mm-hmm. violence against women, at least in this show, goes hand-in-hand hand with violence against men. So the question is, is it just violence no matter what it is against women, and it's therefore a true gender thing, or is it specifically sexual violence against woman that I think I think the sexual is is worse and and more objectionable um but like you're like you were saying earlier about that thing in the uh with the underage prostitutes none of that was was in the books they just decided to beat some girls uh because they felt like it the problem is um if you beat a guy people don't care as much Women, women are put in jeopardy because there is a gut reaction, and I'll, I'll leave people to argue the reasons why of that. There is a gut reaction, there's a visceral reaction that is uh, that people have to that. You know, it's, I don't remember what the action movie was, but you see like thirty men shot down, you know, killed, kicked, punched, murdered, necks broken, and then he slaps a woman. And all people did was complain about the woman getting slapped. Right. Because it was violence against women. Yep. And I'm not saying violence against women good. I'm saying it's just there's a different sensitivity to violence against women as opposed to violence against men. But at the same time, you know, I, we, I don't think with the, with the, really the one exception of Theon, I don't think we've seen most of the men get treated nearly as badly as the women as a group have on Game of Thrones. But again, well, again to a certain extent. And, and we got I mean, again, Theon is the go-to for that. But we got to break it out. You could argue that Theon's violence against him was sexual violence against a man and versus yeah oh absolutely versus, true r- yes. rather than just violence yep. against a man no so, you're, you're absolutely right but but i think the difference there is it was done by another man yeah okay so that, so that 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 it would have been fine no no, <laughs> no it, it, it doesn't make it better no 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 i just uh 
I, I just I just think the, the the general objection by a lot of people who are objecting are that anytime they need something to catch your attention, it turns out to be violence against a female. That's all. Right. Especially the sexual violence ones, because, I mean, right. we've had, uh, you know, the the town where Gilly used to hide out where Sam put her. And then when Egret and everybody comes in and kills everybody, they stab and shoot the woman prostitutes. And, you know, so what? <laughs> right. And and then and no one cares. And then when Egret gets killed, you know, she was in the battle. So her violent act against a woman, meaning her getting killed. It was in the battle, so it doesn't matter as much, I guess. If anything, it was just, oh, no, I like that character. That's a shame she's dead. But there was no, right. like, outrage. Right, just like, no, nobody's going to be, well, most people are not going to be complaining that Theon pushed uh, yeah, the Miranda. Bitch. Yeah, Miranda, yeah, Miranda right. off, right. off the that's wall. <laughs> you could argue that's violence against women. Right. And and that was my point earlier, which is violence against women in the show is is like Miranda's death versus the actual sexual violence in the show, which is the... The Rose uh, Ross, whatever her name is, getting shot by Joffrey with crossbows. Okay, I'll, I'll take your point. Yeah, but but again, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of violence in the show, and it happens to be all types of violence, both sexual as well as not. And right. the ones that have shocked, and most certainly the sexual ones, that's for sure. Yes, uh, Arya's blind now because she is someone, and she's not no one. Uh, and from here we go to Dorne. Oh, good God. What? Uh, Dorne made me mad this season. Dorne was stupid. Dorne wasted my time. I am angry with Dorne. <laughs> so basically we get this quick shot of the docks at Dorne with everybody saying goodbye. And what's her name? Leader of the Sand Snakes kisses Marcella goodbye. And then, what's her face with the boobies? Uh, is talking dirty to Braun. <laughs> and one of the, the it's really one of the, the worst line? lines. What's the what's the line? You, you want, want a good girl, but you need a bad pussy, or something like that. And yeah, it was just oh, oh God. come on, that was fun. that was it was just bad. <laughs> I I gotta be honest. Um, Pardon me, pardon me for saying this. I actually wouldn't have liked. I would, might have liked the line more because if they use a different word than pussy, I don't think I've. I don't think I've heard the word pussy in Game of Thrones. Right. I have heard the word cunt. Yes, yeah, but, that, but that's slang in England anyway. I know, but I'm, I'm saying we've heard it before in this world, and it, it almost would seem to have, would fit her better. It just seems like pussy seems like such a soft word for the way that that the. Yeah, but she almost killed the guy. <laughs> I think they would have a hundred. I, no. I would expect them to have more trashy uh, dialogue. I, I understand what you're saying, Mike. I do. Uh, either way, it was it was. Oh my god! I I why they why they throw that out there? There was no need for that. That, that was just silliness. Well, um, I, this is what I was thinking because we didn't see it, and there was rumors for the past five weeks that Braun was going to die. You know, in some attack by the Sand Snakes, I was actually thinking when I saw Marcella die, which we're about to discuss. I thought Braun was going to die too because she bites Braun in the ear, and I thought they were going to think uh, okay, and have right. to start dying from the poison too. But it appears that didn't happen. But that's what I was thinking. Well, and they cut away pretty quick. We don't know that didn't happen yet. Sure, sure. Uh, so basically, they get on the boat. 
I'm on a boat. Uh, <laughs> and Marcella and Jamie have a little heart to heart and Jamie's trying to get up the balls, uh, to explain, uh, his incestuous relationship with her mother and reveal that he's her father. And she's just basically like, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's impossible. No, that was hard. Wrong. No, she's basically, I know, and I'm glad you're my dad. And they have a nice Aww. little hug. And then she dies. Because she was the female in that relationship, and therefore she's going to be <laughs> the one who suffers. Because it's well, no, no, but, but she but, was but killed, she was killed she by was another killed woman, woman, so at least that's a change of pace. And it's okay, uh, because it was another woman that killed her. <laughs> And then we and come back kicked, to, just in case there's any doubt what happened, they, they come back to the dock. <laughs> yeah, they kick, they kick us back to the dock where the sand snakes are kicking puppies. Uh, <laughs> and, the deleted scenes. And, <laughs> and let's not forget, this is now two down for Cersei. Uh, yeah. Going back um, to the flashback that started the season off. Uh huh. That you know, gold will be their crowns and gold will be their shrouds, right? And right, they're right. two down. And Tommen better really think about getting a new line of work fast. <laughs> so they go, they come back to the dock where they show you the leader of the stand stakes, uh, who's also starting to get a bloody nose, but then she whips out the antidote, uh, and wipes off her lips. So clearly when she kissed Marcella, that's when she was poisoning her. Um, just in case now, let me ask, there don't you think if you there. wouldn't you have like kiss okay goodbye and then very quickly doused the antidote? Would you have just sat there waving for twenty minutes on the docks? Me personally, do having, no. No. Do you think they're having a nice heart to heart talk? Maybe he's <laughs> maybe they're making up father and daughter. What do you think? I think you've got poison on your lips and you're going to die any second now, you dumb bitch. Why don't you? Just- no, no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine. I just, I just have to wait till my nose starts bleeding. Here, let's kick some puppies for a little while. <laughs> uh, oh shit. Uh, so yeah, apparently Marcella is dead, and this means that Dorne is going to go to war with, uh, uh, Westeros. Yes, yes, as the great philosopher Daffy Duck has said, of course you know. This means war. Although it shouldn't. It should just mean the execution of the crazy bitch. That's right. (laughs) But but again, again, we didn't see her actually die. She could suddenly appear next week. Well, and and here's the thing, is that the Sand Snakes aren't going to go back and tell the prince that they poisoned Marcella and Marcella's dead. And Jamie's not going to turn the boat around and go back there and said, hey, funny thing happened on the way to Westeros. Uh... (laughs) He's going to keep on going to Westeros, get there, say, hey, seriously, they killed our fucking daughter. Uh, and then the first that the Prince of Dorne is going to find out about it is when the troops start sailing across the ocean. Mm. Is what I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, and, you, and you now have the whole Lannister line or the dominant Lannister line kind of dangling by a thread. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the other thing is that, okay, we got the fall of Stannis, right? Um because whether or not he got his head chopped off or not, we can agree that he's no longer a player in the Game of Thrones, yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, probably not. He's not going to be the final man standing. 
Who, Stannis? So, so, Pardon, who, uh, who, who? Stannis. Oh, well, I, I'm still, he's the, he's the rightful and only king. That doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so, okay, we've got Stannis out of the game. We've got Jon Snow. We'll get to that. He's out of the game. We've got the Boltons at Winterfell. Okay, I don't know if there are any threat to the Lannisters in King's Landing or not. Yep. We've got the Greyjoys, which we haven't heard from in a while. Yep. Um, so, you know what? I, clearly, I think, clearly I when... today. I thought what? of this today, and I was thinking it because of Mike. Mike always, Mike, you know, talks about it a lot. But Marjorie, I could see her. There could be this big twist because we everybody forgets Marjorie because she's just married. Oh, I don't forget Marjorie. Well, yeah, that's the truth. But <laughs> the writers seem to have because we haven't seen her in weeks. Right, right, right. But I would not doubt that Martin could do one of these things where no one's expecting. One of the, the most important characters that's always forgotten could actually be the person to round about and land up as the leader. Well, I would love to see Marjorie in charge because she's a fr- fucking brilliant politician. Oh my god! And I and she would be a good leader too because she knows how to play it. She understands to you know treat the poor correctly, yes. even if it's just you know to make sure that she's popular. But still. I think she would be a great leader because of these things. Yeah, but but yeah. some poor bastard would have to marry her. I mean, ugh. oh, terrible, isn't it? Oh, oh, what a man! What a fate! You can see <laughs> how much Tommen has been hating it. <laughs> Four times is that a record? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. Right, right. So. Uh, uh, did I hurt you? No. You were lovely. It all happened so fast. Yes. I was scared. Maybe I hurt you. It sounded... No, no, no. You're very sweet. The sweetest king who ever lived. This is all I want to do. All day, every day, for the rest of my life. (laughs) Wouldn't that be glorious? (laughs) Shouldn't we rest a little while? Just to catch our breath. There's no rush, is there? Of course not. Okay, so so Marjorie, I suppose Marjorie's an outside possibility, but she is in prison at this point. Uh, Danny's out of the game for the moment because she's uh, surrounded by Dothraki uh, with an injured dragon. <laughs> uh, Tyrion's going to try and keep things in, in check uh, in Marine. We'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, so the uh, what, what could happen here? The, the Chris? Chris don't exist in the TV show. So Season two. What, what could happen here is that uh, Jamie gets back, reveals that Marcel is dead, seriously gets all pissed, and sends all the troops over the sea to attack Doran, right? Because fuck those people they killed my daughter, uh, leaving King's Landing completely vulnerable for somebody to swoop in. Davos. Oh, no, Baelish. Baelish. Davos, or or uh, who knows? Littlefinger. Maybe the Greyjoys. We don't Little, know what the fuck happened to the Greyjoys. Littlefinger. Littlefinger. Somebody. Uh, that's I. So I think that's a possibility that Cersei, upon finding about a death of Marcella, launches an attack across the ocean at Dorne. Now, no, uh, what, not what, thinking that there's any threat to her on her own continent, and she's wrong about that. Now, Mike, what's that fire that they use to st- stop Stannis? 
Oh crap! Was it called Wild Dragonfire? Was it Wild Dragonfire? Or I don't remember. What? <sighs> yeah, I know. It's like it's something we talk about all the time, and we, we forget the name of it. But there's dozens of it under, or I should say, scores of it underneath the city, right? In some. Bunker. Well, there used I to think be. They used it all in the battle. Uh, all right, because I was thinking that when Cersei gets out, and we'll discuss that when we come to it, she's going to light it and blow up the fucking city. And kill everybody <laughs> as her re- vengeance on the people. That's my guess. That's what I'm predicting. Well, because she is, to use one of your favorite words, Phil, a psychopath. <laughs> no, true. But she's also going to get her vengeance for what they did to her, everybody in that city. And she's going to bomb it, the nuclear option, which be the fire. <laughs> in other words, she's going to do what, what the mad king She made king her was own bed, and now she's got to sleep in it. She's going to do what the mad king wanted to do. And Sleeping in her bed is what got her in trouble in the first place. <laughs> Wildfire is what it's called, by the way. I had yeah, to look it up. It was going to bug me. Yeah, and she's going to do what the Mad King was going to do, which was like the the wildfire. I, I, you know, I think that would be a great spectacle, but I think they already used it all in the Battle of Blackwater. Fair enough. But well, it, it would not surprise me to see this come back. And could you but, imagine, but Jamie? Don't forget, Quay, coming back he, to he he was the guy that made it all. Well, I'm saying, could you imagine Jamie coming back to the Red Keep, only to find <laughs> Cersei about to do about to blow up the city with wildfire, and he has to go do it all over again. <laughs> he's got to he's got to kill her to save the city again. Oh, that would be pretty awesome, actually. It's possible. But then he's got to fight Franken Mountain, and we'll get there too. Mount, I, I like Mountainstein. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dorn sucks. That plot plotline was an entire fucking waste this season. Uh, that's my by far my least favorite part of this season. Okay, can I say I did like Doran? Okay, I liked him. I, yeah, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, he but did, how many I, seats did he have? Two. Right, I'm sorry he didn't have more to do and more relevance. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like the it was all the sand snakes trying to be badass and not succeeding. Ugh. Yeah, ugh is right. I agree. So, fuck Dorn. Let's move on. Uh <laughs> So basically, we cut to the throne room of Marine, uh where Dara and Jora and Tyrion are all sitting on the steps to the throne, basically thinking WTF, because <laughs> Danny just flew right on her dragon. Uh, they're trying to figure out what to do, uh, and basically, after some weird conversation, uh, decide that Dario and Jora are going to go off and look for Danny. Uh, while Tyrion, Grey Worm, and, uh, oh, what's her face? Uh, Masande. Thank you. Masande, uh, are gonna stay. Can we have some women and- without an M name? Seriously. They're way uh, too M. Mean- <laughs> That's why I get confused. It's like Cersei. Can we have a Jane? Can we please Masande, have a Jane? Masande, Missandei, Marjorie, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so Tyrion is going to try and advise Grey Worm, who's going to be the speaking head, uh, of Marine in Danny's absence. Uh, and then 
when Tyrion is out being thoughtful, Varys strolls up beside him. Uh, so the two of them are back together again. Uh, and they love each other. They just don't want to say it. I heard a uh, interesting theory that Varys is actually behind the harpies, and this was oh, his- that is an interesting theory because that's is. something he would do. Yes, and this is his way to get rid of Danny out of the city. Mm. Huh? To either chase Danny, well, to do one of two things, I can and I can see either argument: either one to get get her out of the city, or two to to get her to toughen up and learn how to lead. I could see either one. Um, but yeah, I could, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, so that's interesting. It was an interesting thing I saw. Yeah, that, that is an interesting theory. We'll see where that goes. And I, I am happy to see him back because I do love their chemistry together. Oh, various rules. Um, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a creepy son of a bitch, but. He's amusing. Well, what they should uh, do is get Varys back with Baelish because those two together were the best. I love their argument. and they were awesome, also. And but it's but it was perfectly right. It's like, look, you but want they were, always, to do. they were always opposing each other, man. If they ever joined forces, look the fuck out. Yep. But he, he points out to Tyrion, this is something you did before, and you did it damn well. Right. Of course, he did it with Varys sort of at his side. Right. And, well, and- yeah. Yeah. I'll give Tyrion his credit, though. He was a good hand of the king. Oh, yeah. he was, but he had definitely got some assists. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's why they have a small council. So we cut to Danny and Drogon in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Drogon is pretty seriously hurt. Uh, and Danny's like, fly me back to my people. And Drogon's like, get the fuck off me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Drogon is just completely indifferent. I'm like, I've got cats exactly like that. Yeah, Drogon yeah. is acting like a very large cat at this point. Uh, now, he, Eric, let me ask, ask, what? ask you this. Um, the, she, she said something about how Drogon is hungry, and she goes, if you don't, if we just stay here, you're not going to find any food. There's not going to be any food, right? Uh-huh. I swear she said that. So why, yeah. doesn't, why doesn't Drogon just eat her and then be done with it? Because she's mommy. Yeah. I was hoping he would just eat her, and then she's we can the mother never of dragons, to... man. That's never going to happen. Uh, I can't stand her character. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Phil doesn't want any ice or fire. The song of ice or fire. Uh, <laughs> so Danny goes wandering off to I don't know what her plan is. She's going to go do something, find food, help. I don't know. Uh, but she ends up in the middle of a field uh, and gets surrounded by Dothraki. Woohoo, go Danny. Way to think ahead. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm trying to remember how she parted with the Dothraki. They did not leave on good terms, did they? Not exactly. It's basically the, uh, the Kal Drogo was no longer able to ride. He was weak and he lost his, his throne and basically they left. Okay. And there were ones that went along that that stayed loyal and went with her, and they are pretty much all dead now. Okay, because they died in the desert or in one of the battles. There's they got killed with. Well, uh, I couldn't remember if if there was any scene where they were actively like "fuck you, Danny, get out of here." No, I don't think she was actively. No, she she was abandoned. There there was there was a handful that were like that, but they were forced out or were killed or something like that. Okay. Remember there was that little rebellion or something 
And it was way back. It was like season one, but it was a long time ago. So they haven't been waiting for her to come back, but at the same time, uh, they're probably not going to be actively hostile towards her. Yeah, that's. I, I don't know. That's a really good question. Well, and again, we'll, we'll I don't find out. Know, yeah, and I don't even know if the Dothraki are just one people or are they like the Bedouins? I mean, I have Bedouins? no idea, man. I no yeah. idea. Yeah. So, uh, but tell you what, though, uh, I you know who's interested in the horses? Drogon. <laughs> That's true. Mmm, horse. Nom, nom, nom. So we'll see if any horses become dragon snacks. So Danny has Dothraki running around her in circles and they cut to a different scene. <sighs> and so we come to Cersei. Yep. So Cersei's in prison uh, and basically they they break her. Uh, and they get her to confess. So she goes in front of the High Sparrow and confesses to this incest with Lancel. He presses her on the issue of her children, uh, and she lies through her teeth and denies they're anything but Robert Baratheon's children. We'll see if that comes back to bite her. Um, and... They never even discussed the murder of Robert Baratheon, which I found a little bit odd since on the list of crimes she's accused of, you would think that would be one of the more important ones. <laughs> so basically he says, okay, since you confessed, you can go home until your trial uh, after you've done your your atonement. She's like, atonement? For the thing that you've <laughs> confessed to. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, her atonement for the thing she has confessed to, which is incest and fornication, um, is a walk of shame. And she has to walk through the city naked with her hair cut off. Uh, and actually in the books, they, I mean, they cut her hair pretty short in this, but in the books, they actually shaved her head. Uh, so I was waiting for that to happen because they were using the straight razor, but they didn't quite go bare skin. Uh, so they, uh, they cut off all her hair. And apparently, while she hasn't been getting much food or water in prison, they have let her shave her legs. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and apparently there's a gym in, in the prison, too, because she's in pretty good shape. Uh, but anyway, she has to strip down and walk through the city naked. Eric, Eric with- that was an understatement. She is more than in pretty good shape. She is a 10. <laughs> I, I gotta say, she looks pretty good. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, for the record, they did use a body double for some of that. Oh, they did? Yeah. Some of it was her as well. Um, is that true? Did, did, it's, it's written up that that's true? Yeah. Oh. I, I'm I going read, to guess, Phil, any, any long shots where you can't see your face, any shots from the back, and any shots from the shoulders down probably is not her. Definitely. The only shots that will be her, but that, but this is typical but of. There are a, a couple of long shots where you can see her. Oh yeah, face. yeah, uh, absolutely. So it's not like she didn't strip down for this scene. Yeah. Um, but basically, she's got one of the evil nun walking right behind her with a bell, ringing the bell again and again, saying "Shame, shame." Uh, I, I was just waiting for Christopher Walken to be hanging there with the, the cowbells. <laughs> Uh, while everybody calls her names and throws stuff at her. And now I gotta say, I may have misinterpreted the way the book was written. 
when I read this scene in the book, the walk seemed a lot shorter. Uh, because when I gave you that shot of exactly how far the castle was away, I was just like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> in the book, it seemed to me like maybe it was three blocks or, or something like that. Where, where's that shot in the television? She, she's like a mile away from the castle. Uh, and I gotta say, as much as I fucking hate Cersei and thinks she totally is reaping what she sowed, by the end of her walk of shame, I kind of felt bad for her. <laughs> I, I well, did. that's because you're a human being with empathy, unlike Cersei. Um, <laughs> No, but I thought uh, uh, Lena Headley, is that how you say her name? Yep, sounds good okay. to me. Uh, she did a phenomenal job with this scene, uh, just trying to, to keep a stiff upper lip while she walked through the city completely naked, trying to hold her head high and and not let anybody know that she was bothered by her, their insults uh, or anything being thrown at her. And she barely makes it through the door of the castle before she breaks down weeping. Uh, and I thought she did that really well. Now, th- this is not unprecedented in the sense that after World War II, for example, in France and in Italy and various other countries, any woman who collaborated with the enemy, this is similar things happen to them. Mm-hmm. And it's you could argue that it's fair because you know, collaborating with the enemy or whatnot. But it also has to do with what you said, Mike, which is having passion due to, or, or pity, I should say, for someone because we are human beings. No matter what the crime that person has done, or in this case, a psychopathic murderer. But, um, you know, we can go back to the, the fr- famous saying, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And, and it's, it was, I I have to say this was probably the most disturbing scene of, I've, I've seen this season and there's been a lot of disturbing scenes this season. And it's specifically because of, it makes the common people, the people that she suppressed or the people that she treated like crap, uh, show that they too are no better than she. Well, when you talk about, Throwing stones in glass houses, she's the one who's been living in a palace of glass and throwing stones all over the place. <laughs> so she's, so not, to, not to go all grade school, but she started it. And <laughs> because, bitch cause started it. Cause she's the one that did it to, 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 to Marjorie and to, um, uh, Lawrence, Bugger Lawrence. Boy, right? Uh, right, Lord. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what was it? Sir Loris, right? So she did it to Sir Loris and didn't give a shit about the consequences because she just wanted to protect her little boy. And she's never had trouble pissing on the poor people. And remember, just to spite Marjorie when she said, give the food to the poor, and she said, no, give it all to the dogs. Right. You know? So the people have good reason to hate her. Now, some of the people went a little far you know, in physically assaulting her. Yeah. Um, but Stan, I have no problem with people who stood around jeering her, booing her, well, cursing see, yeah. her. Yeah, that, that part I didn't have a problem lettuce. with. 
That that's part of the walk of shame. I, I call her names, whatever. That's fine. When they started spitting on her and throwing stuff at her, that's when I really started to feel bad for her. I was like, uh, yeah. Well, the like yeah. the lettuce, I didn't mind. You know, though I didn't mind them throwing the lettuce at her. Uh, yeah, it got a lot worse than lettuce. But yeah, but then like somebody wiped like poop on her or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, all right. Let's look at this way. The, the if if it was me, I probably would have gone inside and not participated. I, I wouldn't even participated in the first place. But you're you're right. It depends on the individual. And for example, if this was Joe Stalin or Trotsky or Mao Zedong or any other communist Fidel Castro, you're damn right I'm going to be out there throwing feces on him. Yeah. But this isn't Joe Stalin. Even if they it, haven't it, had their fair trial? When it comes to communists, that is correct. I shoot them <laughs> off. But but she's not a communist, so I I was, was somewhat upset. <laughs> you about say it. that like she's better than communists. <laughs> she is. She's <laughs> Whatever. So it's 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 uh, I don't know. It's just something that as a human being I would not participate in. But then when I and that's what I was doing. I was thinking about it today, you know, because I want, we're discussing it for tonight. I'm saying, well, I would not do it because as a human being I wouldn't. But then I said, what happens though if she was someone that everybody hated in the real world. And so, you know, you could, some people say Osama bin Laden and some will say whoever I was thinking St- Joe Stalin. And, and I was, I'm thinking, yeah, I would be out there throwing feces and spitting on her and kicking them and doing mm-hmm. all that because they're the most despicable person in the, you know, the world, in my opinion. So, but you know, you most, also people, have the most people of- would have gone with Hitler there, Phil. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But, but <laughs> just, just say it. Uh, I was thinking Abe Spiney, but that's, uh, it's. (laughs) Some people, some people were probably thinking it was, uh, you know, Britney Spears or something. Who knows? Right. But let's also remember that there's the psychology of the mob, which is a a, definitely a thing. It is a thing. And, And so it's very easy for me to be sitting here in the comfort of my home and say, oh, those people. That's wrong. Shame on them. Yes, I and, would never do that. I would never. It's another thing when you're in the middle of that to do, to not get caught up on it, especially when it's somebody who has probably done bad things or done bad things to you or to the people that you know or care for. Uh, and she's right there in front of you and everyone's yelling, screaming, spitting. And when you're in a mob mentality, it's not unusual for one person to try to up one up everything that's going on around them. So, and, and to be honest, like that's fair, not just for the moral point that you made, but also to those people, even if a lot of them are scumbags themselves for participating in such a terrible thing, the Cersei's to them is Joe Stalin or Hitler or, or right. Osama bin Laden or whatever. Yep. So, and uh, see, my problem with this scene is that I've seen uh, what we do in the shadows which is a, the vampire comedy we've mentioned on Dark Discussions, and there is a scene that is basically a parody of this. Before uh, it even came out. Before, well, the, well, I don't know if they were intentionally it parodying in it, but it came in the book. It was in the book. Yeah, but it was in the book, and uh, and so I couldn't help but have that scene play out through my head at least at the very beginning before it becomes really disturbing. But I was I was kind of laughing to myself. When it starts out and she walks down, they're going, shame, shame, because I have that bit from the movie stuck in my head. Okay. 
So, so it wasn't as effective because you were thinking of the comedy. No, but I've by had, the time I've had moments like that, when I was watching the movie Black Death, uh, Monty Python jumped into my head a couple times and then ruined that movie the first time I watched it. Well, my wife certainly did when we uh, were in the Stannis scene and you see the guy who's crawling with no legs. Yeah. And and my wife just shouted, oh, it's just a flesh wound. Jeez. <laughs> oh, That's terrible. So I think we can all agree that, that Cersei is a terrible human being and very evil. But what happened to her was outrageous. Or terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think we can agree with that. Yes, not, but but the question is, did she de- does she deserve something terrible for the things that she's done? Well, well the, the answer is yes, but I don't know if that went a little too far. Right, well, <laughs> and also and also, let's not forget this was just for sleeping with her cousin. Yeah, they they don't even know about the rest of it for yeah, sure. Yeah, they don't know about yeah putting bastards on the throne and executing the and 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 uh, murdering the king. Right. So I don't know how long she's going to have to walk for those. She's not walking, my friend. She's taking them all down. Either that or her head's coming off. Yeah, I'm assuming that there's not going to be a trial. No, no. I'm assuming that Cersei is going to kill them all. We'll find out. Well, and then uh, we almost forgot uh, an awesome thing that happened here, uh, which is that when she gets back to the castle, uh, she starts crying because who wouldn't? and then uh, what's Kyburn comes up and puts a blanket over her and goes, "Hey, meet the newest member of the King's Guard, who happens to be eight feet tall." Um, yeah, anonymous, uh, and he swore in a vow of silence until all your enemies are dead. <laughs> Quayburn, I wonder awesome. who that. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Quayburn rules. Frankenmountain lives. <laughs> And let's remember, oh, uh, how many times have we had to recast this guy? Fuck it, put a helmet on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I was, looking, I was looking in the credits on IMDb to see if it was the same dude or not. They don't list him. I was pissed. Hmm. So I don't know who's behind the helmet. Well, I'll be curious to see if he's still the mountain. Uh-huh. Uh, you mean as the, as the same human being? Like, like the, he's not a zombie, like... Right is is the person still in there or is he just a, a shell, an automaton, a shell? Yes, yeah, right. Does, yeah, I don't does, know. He, have, we'll does he still does, does he still read poetry? You know, does uh, <laughs> does, the he, does he was all about reading poetry? Does he still practice? Does he still practice killing prisoners in in the in the grounds when Cersei's hired him to kill Oberyn? <laughs> <laughs> Kick puppies, things like that. <laughs> right? Does he does he still kill children and rape women, <laughs> and and gouge eyeballs and crush skulls? That's right. And I stick his, your, stick his brother's face in the fire and right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point too. You bet. Yeah. So yeah, that's a curious thing. I don't know, but I don't think it matters because whether he was a zombie or not, because when he He's wasn't a still zombie, eight feet tall and nearly invincible, and has always been. A hundred percent supporter of the Lannisters. Yep, always. So mm-hmm. it'll be curious. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to see the Cersei's storyline next year because uh, I think she's going to go apeshit and take everybody down. And honestly, I don't know, Phil. That's that's all that's written so far. So I think we'll I think out. she's certainly going to try. Yes, yeah. she will certainly yeah. try. I'll give you that. Uh, so 
then uh so Frank and Mountain carry Cersei off to go take a bath and then we cut to Castle Black. Now before we go to Castle Black, I, I forgot that we forgot to mention something. Um Danny when she meets the Dothraki, she drops her ring. Do you think it was so she won't be identified as Marinian? Yes. Did you guys see that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I thought so it was, was so that it was definitely intentional. I thought it was because we've seen that ring multiple times. It's been enough for me to notice it. Uh, I think it was, um, fuck, they're going to carry me away because they're Dothrakis who enslave their women. And let me see if I can leave a sign of myself behind that oh. somebody maybe used to follow me. Yeah, that's not a very big right. sign in the I, middle of a field. Well, well, no, well, but I, she didn't have time to drop her panties. <laughs> oh, thank God. I don't think she wears any. Yeah, probably not, actually. She goes commando. But um, I did hear that on another podcast this afternoon, and they were laughing about it, saying it's stupid because no one's ever going to find a teeny ring in the middle of a field in the middle of the wilderness. Well, I don't know what the significance of the ring is, because maybe the ring is, is the thing that makes her queen. Uh, maybe it's like a crown, and maybe she took it off so she wouldn't be identified. That would make more sense to me than her trying to like leave it as a breadcrumb. Yeah. I bet Peter Dinklage would have been able to find the ring, <laughs> but no, they left him home. Oh, but you know what? This it's it's the Game of Thrones coincidences that occur, so people will find it. Well, honestly, you though, know what? I'm not worried about somebody finding her because even if they carry her off to wherever, uh, pretty sure Drogon will find her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We're not to worry about it. Oh no, but actually, I I heard that uh, we're gonna find out that she's she's dead. The Rathri chopped her head off. Oh, you're just dreaming, Phil. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just don't like her storyline. It's boring. I know it's, and you're wrong because it's got dragons, and dragons are not at all boring. Um, <laughs> so we cut the castle black. Uh, where the gate opens and in rides da, 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 the witch! It's the witch! Um, but this is the scene I was mentioning previously where she, she actually looks pretty shaken. Uh, and Davos is asking her about Stannis and Shireen and, and she's got no good answers for him. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Davos is clearly upset. As is the witch, um, and then they show John reading. Uh, what is he reading? Just messages from ravens. Yeah, I, I didn't. I think he was just catching up on his email. Yeah, um, pretty much. So he's been he, out for a few days. He's been offline. Yeah, so he's he's catching up on his email, uh, and then Ollie, little bastard, uh, comes running in and goes. John, somebody's saying that your uncle Benjamin is still alive. Uh, and this is the head fake that Mike mentioned because at the beginning of the episode, they show you and the previously on, they show the scene from episode one of season one of Benjamin riding off going, see you later, John. We'll talk when I get back. Um, so when he says this, you're thinking, Oh, holy shit. Benjamin is back. Uh, and so John goes running outside, uh, and through the crowd of people where they tell him the guy who's reporting this is, uh, and then he makes it through the crowd to find a sign that says traitor. And he turns around and Alistair Thorne stabs him in the gut and says, 
for the watch. And then about four more people stab him and say, for the watch. And then Ollie, the little fucking prick, um, walks up and says, for the watch, and stabs him one last time, and he bleeds to death in the snow. And that's I the end of the watch. Uh, now, now, um, that would have been awesome if it, Benjamin was really there, and then he would have been the new stock to lead back to save Winterfell. That would have been awesome. But yes. it did not happen. No, so, it did not. Let's talk it's about Ollie's it. It happened in one more episode. Let's talk, I'm supporting Love Ollie. Fuck uh, Ollie. Reddick, no. Fuck no. Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with David Chen. Right, I'm not. So, fuck Ollie. Well, I just want to say Ollie. that when we talked about the burning the, the, the burning the girl... Fucking Ollie will result in a similarly rather rapid downfall. Just saying. <laughs> well, let's, let's discuss this. First off, um, I we're not talking about thirty years later when Japan and Germany and and oh my uh, god, and, what's with the fucking World War True World War Two analogies? All right, all right, and just a, well, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, there was. The, the G7 occurred where the U.S. and the Allies, the French and the Brits... It's got nothing to do with Westeros. ...sat with Germany and Give Japan who were, were enemies. And now there's drinking martinis and partying at the <laughs> G7. But the thing is here is is that the Blackwatch was just massacred by all the wildlings. Jon Snow went above the quote-unquote laws of the Blackwatch without his fellow members and That's, therefore became, that, that is a matter of interpretation. Well, let me continue. So he was progressive. And then for Ollie specifically, Jon Snow made a deal with Thorin giants, Bane, who was the leader of the group of specific wildlings that came to his village and mass murdered everybody in front of him, including his two parents and siblings who were all eaten by the the Finns. Thins. So I can understand why Ollie would consider this a trade, uh, because basically what it is, it's similar to what Rob Stark did which uh, and Caitlin, which is let Jamie go instead of putting him on trial and and see if he's guilty or not. Let's put ben, Giants Bane on trial and see whether he's guilty or not. Instead, he, they were both pardoned, and they both got their just desserts, which was being killed by people who were supposed to be on their side. Now, do I agree? But they didn't with have their fair. But they didn't have their fair trial, Phil. I thought everyone deserves a that, fair trial. That, that's what you didn't <laughs> let me finish. That's, that's as, as always, Mike likes to interrupt. But this is. But then again, Mike, I always interrupt too. So you know, it goes both ways. But, but my the point I was going to say was is that though this is the case, the problem is is right. They should have not done what they did. What they should have done was just simply arrested John. And then had him on trial and then have a defense to see whether or not and give his side. And that's what they should have done. Because there's two ways to do things. There's one, there's murder or, and, and violence. And then there's the way that, that Martin Luther King and Gandhi did it, which is just defy laws and make change. And they decided, meaning Alice Thon decided to do the opposite, which was the first one, the violent way. But, Another thing about Alice Thorne is, is we got to remember he was a supporter of the Targaryens in the war. And the reason he's on the wall is specifically because 
the Lannisters, meaning friends of the Starks at that time, forced him to go to the wall or be executed. And this is the main reason why he despises Jon Snow and all Starks, is specifically because he's on the wall because his side lost the war and his head was going to be on a chopping block had he not accepted the wall. Okay, but the point I'm trying to make is, fuck Ali, he's a little dick, and he needs to just stop whining and get over it. It's not like his parents are going to come back to life uh, unless they become White Walkers. Uh, And like, at least they died a meaningful death. They provided somebody with sustenance. That's that's a good thing. Uh, So he just shock it up, follow his elected leader, and be a good little boy. But instead, he goes and kills him. Right, and you notice there were, what, a dozen of them there? Right. Something like that. Uh, at most. Ed, you know, Ed, so, Ed, Ed, Ed wasn't there, which was good. Right, so there was not going to be, I think, a um, a large contingent of supporters. They may have sympathizers, right, that people are also like, oh, fucking John, fucking the snow, the nice of the wildlings, damn it. But they're not going to necessarily, but they weren't going to raise an arm against him. Right. Um, so... Uh, the reason why it was a coup is because there there wasn't a popular trial. support to and have a trial yeah. and all that other stuff. And people, irrational people, tend to be irrational. But you know, again, you you no, know what, what, what do you what did you call it when they did it to Cersei's? What was it the the something when all the people just go nuts together? What was that called again? Mob mentality. Mob mentality. That's what. Right. But um, you know you. Sorry, sorry, uh, Eric. You go back to, to the World War II thing. I grew up in the eighties, like oh, you, Phil, God. and Eric did. But anyway, but you know there were people who still like were like carrying a grudge against Japan, like they were buying yeah. our fucking cars. We beat them in the war. Blah, blah, blah. You know that was forty fucking years later, right? And it was the children of the people who fought the Japanese. You right. know, and not and not even where the parent, their grandparents were there, or their parents were there. They were still alive and healthy. But grand, but my dad told me stories about how he. Killed the Japs and how they tried to kill him and how can we be buying Nissans? Um, you know, so it's a very understandable and human thing. It's a big man who can do what Jon Snow did. But as Alistair Thorne said, you got a good heart. Jon Snow is going to get you killed. No, he's no that's not going to kill us all. It's yeah. going to kill get us all killed. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, it's, I think this was something that had to happen in the story. Uh, because it is the logical play to what would happen. Of, of again, given that most of the people on the wall are murderers and thieves and rapists, they're not going to talk their feelings out. <laughs> and this this was this was what was going to happen. This is the only thing that made sense. If they sat down and had a big uh, a big emotion circle or whatever you call it, you know, talking circle to get it all out about how they resent. Uh, giant Spain because they killed his daddy and my friends died to save your life and I, well, I feel upset about it. You know, the, the wildlings went through that too, but, you know, then zombies changed their minds for them. I hope Ollie gets grayscale. Well, th- this is the problem, Mike. The difference between, and again, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here because I like Jon Snow and he's my, one of my favorite characters. But again, another World War II reference. Sorry, Eric. But, <laughs> What they did was, is when they rounded up, when, when Germany fell and Japan fell, they rounded up the leaders uh, and they put the leaders on trial 
as well as various organizations that like the SS and so forth. But everybody else was pretty much pardoned. The problem here is that Jon Snow didn't do that. What he did was he rounded up everybody and he pardoned everybody. He didn't put the wildling leaders on trial and have them executed or, or, oh, except for the one he shot with an arrow or, or jailed or whatnot. So the, the problem, that's the problem is, is that he did not, at least in the eyes of the rest of the Night's Watch, whether they're murderers, rapists or not, he did not put the, the bad guys, the quote unquote bad guys, the leaders of the enemy on trial for leading. They were the going to want a trial. They would have executed them. Right. But, but this is a, the leader in that time is not about putting on fair uh, show trials. It's about taking charge and lopping off the heads of your enemies. And the point was, we need a clean break. We warred against them. They warred against us. We've both done some pretty shitty things to each other, and we're all going to die if we don't knock this crap off. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you, Mike. I'm just saying that in their eyes, I bet if he there was a chance that if he had taken Giants Bane and the rest of them that led. The, the brigand, the war, and chopped their heads off. Then they may have pardoned all that and accepted the Yeah, but then they never would have gotten the other wildlings on board. Well, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I, see, per, I know, I, do we, do we want to throw out a potential spoiler for next season? Because this is where the we books don't know end. what's going to happen. This is pure speculation. But, and that's what I'm saying. So this is sure. pure speculation, but it is pure speculation based on what they've introduced in the story so far. Right. Yeah, the, the direction yeah, they've yeah. been going so far, There's and no, this is that this is just building off of logical deduction. Mike, when you're predicting something, that's not a spoiler. This is just no, your so opinion. Yes, but I just want people to understand that we're going to be speculating about stuff that might happen next season. <laughs> so is everybody else in the country, and it's so fine. is everybody else. And if we end up being right, we didn't intend to spoil it for you. Okay, Don't we get, get the idea, Mike. Now just <laughs> Stop give, it. give us give us the thing. Go ahead. Well, well, we all know. Who showed up at the doorstep right before this? The witch! <laughs> and we know that who is a worshiper of the red god? The witch! And we know that we've seen the red god bring people back from the dead before. Yes! And we know Jon Snow has, has king's blood because they were the, because the, the Starks used to be the kings of the north. Yes. Assuming he, assuming that he is in fact a Stark. I don't. I don't know. Understand your doubt there, but yes. Well, because there's there's a lot of dispute as to who Rob's actual parents are. Rob? How did Rob, Rob get into uh, this? John's John's actual parents. No, no, no. Uh, everybody's pretty positive that Ned is his father. It's his mother that's a doubt. Uh, Stannis wasn't too sure that Ned was his father. Well, and we see what Stannis knows. All I'm saying is that one way is that his parentage really hasn't been explored. So, whatever, however, it shakes down. I have so no he, doubts that he is a Stark. So, yeah, regardless, then there's, there's oh, I, everyone's I know pretty what you're sure he has. About, Eric. I know what you're talking. About. Everyone pretty much is sure he has King's blood in him, um, and we know that she uses King's blood, so she can use his blood to bring him back. And we saw plenty of the blood dripping out of his body. But, but why would he have King's blood in him? Because he's a Stark, and Stark was only a, a ward. No, they used to be kings of the north. Oh, uh, that's uh, right, before the unification, yeah. you're right. Yep. And somebody had pointed that out online. Um, I, I'm not going to take credit for that one. I'm, that I'm stealing. Okay. Sorry. But you Her- said 
You're taking an that, awfully long time to get here, Mike. Well, I'm saying, but you Spit said that John, you said Spit that John Stark is is off the board for the Game of Thrones. The problem is John Snow. John Snow. John Snow has never been on the board because at the because in the first season he took his freaking oath. Right. And he gave up all his worldly possessions, claim to title, claim to babes, all this stuff. And so his watch began. And right. that took him completely off the board. And because well, it he is... on what you mean by off the board. Oh, and because he was, if not, whether or not he's a Stark by blood, he's certainly a Stark by upbringing. If you mean off and, the board in the Game of Thrones, then yes. Yes. And right. therefore, he is not going to break his oath because he was raised as a Stark. And but therefore, he, but, when he, st- but he is a Stark. He's at least half Stark. And he has broken his oath. Well, yes. he, but he's going to, he did it because he had to. When Stannis oh, offered he him. He had to have sex with the hot redhead. <laughs> yeah. When Stannis offered, he was undercover. It was part of his cover. <laughs> It's like the cop who has to snort a little coke to prove he's not a cop. Alice Thon doesn't agree with that one, Mike. And I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Anyway, and when Stannis because offered him, he, too long. he said, "He said you can have Winterfell back." He said, like, "Nope, I've got my oath. I turned my back on all that That's crap. Biggest mistake he ever made. You're damn right." And do, what are the words after? And so my watch begins. What words follow that? She's a witch? Until my death. Force be with you? <laughs> Until my death. Ah. Yeah. He's but died. He, but when the king, the one and only king, offers you the position where you become the, the head <laughs> of the, the north, plus you can take Sam with you as, as your toady, you do it. I don't know if you're high metal. But I see where Mike is going with this. So uh, basically, he's saying if the, if Melisandre resurrects John through her powers of the Lord of Light or witchcraft, um, he's not a blacksmith. He's he's at that point been dead and therefore is released from his vows and can do whatever the fuck he wants, including let's say taking Winterfell, finding a nice hot babe, shacking up, getting some heirs, and going after the Iron Throne. Maybe he'll go all Lannister with it and uh, shack up with Sansa. Could, assuming that she's his sister. <laughs> <It's not laughs> okay, we're just going to have to but disagree other, But what this. happens if Sansa's dead? That would be kind of gross. <laughs> what the fuck happened here? <laughs> well, ba- well, that Baelish did address that back in the first season. That could, <laughs> it, 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 that could be Chekhov's corpse. <laughs> Oh, imagine it in the oh. brothel. Oh, jeez, that's that's terrible. Okay, so so I see you've dead. Oh, no, I understand you like them dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my point being that this this is actually going to be what puts John in play. Maybe you're right. And and we'll this see. happens. And what and what happens at this point is that he comes in play just as everybody else has been taken off the board. So you're trying okay. to say that Jon Snow will be resurrected by the Red Witch? What does she have to, have to gain for this? Who knows? She's got to think about royal blood. We know that. Plus, she was all trying to get on him earlier. And, and as much as I may dislike uh, the character of the character, uh, she does want to defeat the White Walkers. 
she does for for whatever purposes want to put the right person on the throne. And there may be a long game she's playing that's bad, but it could just be that she's a bitch who's rooting for the right side. <laughs> but what happens if the White Walkers are actually the good folks? Because they're gonna <laughs> oh, not this shit again. They're just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him kicking puppies, Phil. <laughs> well, well, besides the kicking puppies, I did hear on other podcasts that George R. R. Martin never puts in fantastical creatures as evil. In other words, he doesn't follow the token way of thinking, which is there's just a whole group of people who are evil, and that's it. Like, all orcs are evil. He has them, every character, whether they're human or not, as gray. Meaning they're not just this. Well, evil the aliens entity. are going to become the Greys are coming in in the, the seventh season. They're going to be the ones that finish everything okay. off. Well, so if that's the case, what happened at Hardhome? Explain that to me. It was it was a a a, a battle of um, two groups of people. That's all. No, let, let me explain. This is what <laughs> I've heard. I've heard that the 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 White Walkers are coming back. Because some sort of truce or some sort of agreement with man has has been disregarded by the man's side. And that's why they're back. It's possible. It's Cersei and, and her incest. Who knows? And and also, you, we could say that the Wildlings were encroaching on their territory. But they're not exactly like sending a messenger down saying, hey... You are you aware you have violated the terms of our agreement that was signed eight thousand years ago? Well, again, though, again, <laughs> you, better, though, you better you better get that straightened out, or we're going to open well, up a can of whoop ass. There's a problem, Mike. Again, which Eric always complains about is that me and you like to put things in today's world. So you're right. However, if the, if we just go back to like you know medievals and even before that, the Mongols just come in and they wiped out everybody, and Nebuchadnezzar in Iraq had to fight off the 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 Mongolians and on and on and on the the Huns and blah 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 they just come in and they just kill everybody kill all the men and take all the women and that's what they did back then so who says that this tribe of meaning the White Walkers aren't just those type of people and that therefore they would fit in that type of universe anyway well you know it doesn't matter it's the you have the tiger chasing after you to eat you it doesn't matter if the tiger is good or evil or or neutral <laughs> he's going to try to eat you. Right, and it's an issue of survival. The uh, the way I look at the White Walkers is that they are they they are basically a force of nature. You know that they're like fighting the hurricane. Yeah, know, they're coming down, and whether you believe whatever their motivations are, or they at the moment with what little we have, their motivations are beyond what we know. Right, and beyond right. our understanding. And the Starks have been trying to warn everybody for years that winter is coming. Yeah, no, that, that's all fair. It's it's just that we'll we won't until we find out their motivation. And I can't believe they're just this hurricane that's coming without a motivation. In other words, they're not just a random act of of nature that they appeared. It has to do with some sort of motivation. And until we know what that motivation is, we can't truly make a true judgment. Well, I don't call. I don't know that they need to give the motivation because they can just work as what we've seen them as so far but yep. until they decide to add some depth to them right then i'm treating them as what they are what we've seen so right. far but this is sort of like um you know going back like to the matrix 
where it starts out with just humans versus machines, but as they build the backstory and they build everything, realize the machines weren't really all that bad in the first place. You know, that they, they there was, and that's one of the things that pissed people off, because they just wanted the humans to destroy the machines. Right. They wanted them to be Skynet, and they were something more. No, that's fair. And and you're, you're right, it could be that, and, and we'll find out, but I, I doubt that this story will make the flaws that the Matrix series had. And so maybe it'll be something else. Maybe it'll be um, some sort of warning. Or, or maybe th- we'll find out that something happened uh, behind the scenes, you know, that, uh, you know, an X machina thing happens or something. Who knows? We don't know. Well, but- and, and here's the thing, Phil. I, I, okay, the, the, not the whites, but the actual white walkers have shown signs of thought and intelligence. So I'm not going to discount the fact that there might be some type of motivation there that we are not privy to yet. However, I still don't think they're good guys. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, especially since, since, uh, yeah, we're, we're the whole show for the past five seasons has been in the perspective of the human. So I could see your point, Eric. Yeah. Well, and they did, they have intelligence because they had a, a, a treaty or an agreement with Craster. That's true. They most certainly did. Yes, and they lived, and in, okay, they yeah, lived uh, in peace with him, as a matter of fact. Well, and maybe that's why they're mad now. Oh, oh, that's true. Maybe because oh, they but, killed Craster. But, but I think that started before that. Yeah, but I don't know. This, 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 well, I don't know, Mike, because I, I can't remember honestly. Because they, the first episode when they got had a couple crows getting killed, it could have just been. In the wildlands, were getting killed. It could have just been that you know they were in their territory. Like you know, if you walk into a wolf's territory, you'll get attacked. Um, and now they're going full blown war because you know maybe they killed Cash Krasner. I don't know. Yeah, but people have been talking from the beginning of the series about what's coming. True, and and to the, which Winter they were alluding coming. to the yeah, and they weren't talking about you know uh, sales on on. Warm hats and coats. They were, they weren't talking about the weather. They were talking about the dead things and the monsters. Oh God! If either of you have not watched that thing with Jon Snow going to a dinner party, you've got to. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it last week. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So no, that's fair, Mike. Again, though, we could say since they haven't really been seen for thousands of years. I mean, they, we, they maybe they're just like fairies where they just exist in the peripheries and they're only coming out now because something happened that man did. Well, but right, know, it might be seasonal because they're saying that this is a true winter and true winter hasn't happened for a long time. Um, and it could just be that that's when the White Walkers come. Yeah, maybe they're migrating. Exactly. And, and humans <laughs> they're are. Like, they're like geese. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and people are that just. That explains food. the trails of shit they leave everywhere. <laughs> and, and, and the people are just, are just food. You know, they need new, they need new, new slaves to, to manage their fields. So right. they, turn, they turn people into whites and they, they leave after they get their stuff and go away. They maybe just they're want like, a farm. Yeah, exactly, and they, or something. They, they could be like the, the the gods in in Lovecrafts, where they, you know people are just like ants, you know, and they're just they're just in the way, so it's nothing to do with anything. I don't mm. know, but so, but at this point, everything is about that is is just complete speculation. It's right. not 
it's not subtext. It's not reading between the lines. It's sort of spinning it all out of whole cloth. And all of which we could be interesting ideas and possibilities, but we only really are going to get stuck with whatever Martin's ideas are. Right. For yeah. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because while I, we know the TV series is going to veer off, they are still sticking to his end game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unless Martin wants to change it to go, ha ha, I pulled the rug under you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Yes. So, so, and that's it. That's uh, the very last shot of the uh, of season five is John bleeding to death in the snow. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this episode had a good number of deaths and potential deaths, depending on Theon and Sansa, and uh, many many cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, this, I get it. This is one of the most cliffhangers. What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. This is clearly one of the most cliffhangery episodes of TV I've ever seen. Because really, while they ended on the right one, you could have had several of these storylines end as the cliffhanger. Yes. Right? I mean, other than... Uh, like Tyrion storyline, watching them, wa- watching Jorah and what's his face walk away. Yeah. That which, which would have been like uh, one of the worst cliffhangers ever. <laughs> right. He just said, they're leaving without me and play like the sad Charlie Brown music or something. But it's, um. But instead they brought Ferris back and they, and they say we will lead together. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So still, still not quite as good. I mean, like even even something lame, like, you know, the girl dying, bleeding out her nose, because, you know, that, that like that means war. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, now, some folks have, have, have complained a little bit, just a little. <laughs> you think? <laughs> you think, yes. And I I have to agree, which on, in, at least on this complaint, and that is I was very disappointed they did not bring Marjorie, Elena and Baelish into this last episode, at least for a second, because their storylines were very important for so long, and then they, they all four, all three of them just disappeared after like. Oh, we haven't six. seen the last of them. I know, but it kind of was surprising. I thought. Right, and no, the same no, thing. No, sort no, of like, believe with, me, I'm always for more Marjorie, but uh, yeah. I, I'm not afraid they're, they're they'll be back. Right, same thing with Brienne. She's absolutely right. She's been sidelined for most of the season. But she hasn't been completely uh, brand, you know, hasn't just right. been removed. Go into a cave and disappear or, for or a while. Even, no. Or even worse, uh, Rickon. Oh, He's been gone for Rickon, four people years. forget he even existed now. That's right, that's right. He's going to walk out of the you know, bushes, he's going to be got like three days growth beard. and well, He'll probably have three kids with that, six that violin four, kick yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> So, to be honest, what we've learned this season, even though we'll talk about this more in the next episode, is that that um, uh, buggery, ponce, and cockles are, 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 are all are, words that make me laugh. Yes, <laughs> and the best buggery, ponce, and cockles. <laughs> buggery, ponce, and cockles. <laughs> Oh, oh, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> and, and the best line or best scene of the entire season was t- Tom and going, oh, let's do that again. And she goes, oh, no, that's enough. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Was I awesome. could do that all day. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
I was like, go, go! Is the bugger fresh? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Did I hurt you? No, you were lovely. It all happened so fast. Yes. I was scared maybe I hurt you. It, it sounded No, like... no, no. You're very sweet. The sweetest king who ever lived. This is all I want to do. All day, every day, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wouldn't that be glorious? <laughs> Shouldn't we rest a little while? Just to catch our breath. There's no rush, is there? Of course not. Eric, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was even though it was very disturbing, were you happy to finally see Cersei's have the shame? Yes. I was looking forward to the walk of shame all season long. Um Although I was disappointed in myself for finally feeling, feeling sorry for her at the end. <laughs> but the first two minutes of it, I was all, I was on board. I was like, yeah, yeah, that slut deserves it. Yeah. Oh, that's really kind of terrible. Oh, I, oh, no. What will you miss? Oh. <laughs> well, that's sort of like when you're watching a, a the sporting event and the player you really don't like, you see him get taken down hard and you go, yeah, fuck you, and like, oh, they broke his neck. Oh, I'm a shit. Oh, I'm so, I'm, oh, I feel so bad now. Yeah. Now, Eric, will you be missing watching Cersei's lick water from the floor? Because I uh, yeah, don't we're going to see that again. Yeah. yeah, but I've got my still shot. I'm all good. I just pull it up anytime I want to look at it. That's right. Oh, I think you need to. I, I don't think that'll work. You got to get a GIF. Yeah. Right. So, uh, any further things on this episode? And if or this, yeah, this what season episode ten? I, I think we should wrap this up and uh, talk about it in our season wrap up next time. Absolutely. So that sounds good to me. Uh, any final thoughts, Mike? Oh, no. actually, actually, let me ask you this, Mike. Um, was this one of the better episodes of the season? Well, it's better than... Certainly wasn't boring. It was better no. than anything in the first half, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as good as the last two. Right. I think that's a fair uh, assessment. But it, it, yeah. but what, it, it helped because it was... Well, one, it's wrapping up a lot of storylines, but it moved really fast. And something major happened, and... Every single storyline, except for the the Danny's Council storyline. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Even that had Varys come back. So, yeah, that the, to me that counts as major. Yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I, I when I, I basically started it right off the bat off of the uh, HBO Go, and then I paused it so I can see how long the episode is. And I saw it was only an hour, so I was surprised how much they were able to get in and actually have it work so it was it was well done uh generally all right yep. so yeah all right so eric uh, any final thoughts and if not uh you can leave us up all right uh thanks for coming back to listen to us talk about episode 10 uh come back next week and we'll be just doing an overall summary of season five and our final thoughts and uh maybe some more predictions of what uh might be coming in season six Buggery, oh. punts, and cockles! <laughs> 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 That's crazy. <laughs>